Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on December the 15th, 2020. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, looking at those penises. Uh, that would be Phil, not me. Caffeine rage. And we have a guest today, an actual human being who has actually played the actual cyberpunk. It's Phil. Um, and I only saw the penises in a video of the game that I also played. Uh-huh. I, I think you're already protesting way too much for this show. <laughs> Speaking of which, on today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we've played, Cyberpunk releases, and it's a hot mess express. EA Play is delayed for Xbox Game Pass on PC, and as long as time permits, we will have a Steam Discovery queue. It's been a while since we've had three people on the show, so who knows what kind of shenanigans we'll get into. Hello, Rage and Phil. Hello. How are you guys? Uh, I'm okay. That's I'm pretty good. That's fair. Fair, I, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm I'm existing today. I'm here. I'm better at the cyberpunk. So there's that. There is I, that. Um, Phil, I we're gonna we're gonna just like beat on cyberpunk for a while. Yeah, and we haven't had a weapon boy since what evolve. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's, You'll get a chance to stand up for for your baby, which you love. It's it's not undeserved, but. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't. That's all I got. That's it, folks. Fuck this. We're done. Yeah. No. I mean, well, short episode, but no. I don't know. Like I said, I'm in a weird mood today. I was I was really tired. I stayed up too late. You don't have to apologize, Phil. It was my fault. And I took a little nap today, and it's just like I'm in a weird I'm in a weird headspace. So I'm here. We're having a good time. I've been playing mostly emulated stuff. Instead of, you know, I've got like a $2,000 gaming PC and hundreds of games on Steam. It's like, mm, I'm going to fire up PS or PCSX2 and play some PS2 games. <laughs> because, you know, that makes me happy, I guess. It's about how it makes you feel. It's not about the graphics, man. And how that does it make you feel? Makes me feel good, man. It feels so warm. I got a tingly, fuzzy feeling, like right, right behind my penis. That... That uh, might be an allergic reaction or something. <laughs> it nope, it's good. Okay. Good, okay. good, good. Although that was my, I don't know, usual bad attempt at a game segue. Hey, Rage, you played some games this week, didn't you? Yeah, but I also uh, played on some new hardware. So you did. Yeah, over the weekend, I joined the filthy peasants and got a Switch of the Nintendo variety. I might add. I'm glad you clarified. Switch it up, you know. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, getting a switch was it a good thing? Was it? No. And if for any, if we happen to have any listeners young enough to not know what that means, you're better off. <laughs> uh, so I got uh, the original version of the switch, the one with the Joy Cons that you can pull off. Uh, for my well, actually, technically Christmas, but what I was going to get for my birthday was kind of a boot point without the switch, so. I haven't played uh, the game I got for or along with it enough to really talk about it. It being Mario Kart, of course, right? So I'll probably talk about that in the next week or two uh, because I just want to spend a little bit more time on just getting uh, really uh, used to the differences between it and seven. And it's quite a bit, but yeah, it's quite a bit, but at the same time, not really that different except for new tracks and 
a lot, lot shinier. But I kind of wanted to talk about the hardware in one of the games I played on it. So, first of all, hardware. Uh, the Switch is kind of an odd beast. It's kind of this, if you don't know, which if you don't know, you're probably living under a rock right next to Phil. Hey, comfy <laughs> down here. <laughs> yeah, and no sexy Colonel Sanders, unfortunately. That's, I mean, I'm better off that way. Under my Not anymore. Without, I love you, Colonel Sanders, the dating slash cooking simulator. No, <laughs> you need that in your life. Uh, but, uh, there, there's a couple of things that's really gotten to me on the Switch. One is the position of the charging port. And I think anybody that's played any version of the Switch could tell you the charging port is in a dumb, dumb, dumb location. It's really stupid that it's on the bottom. I know why they did it for the yeah. dock, but yeah, but you could have turned, uh, you know, you could have plugged it in upside down and you know had the uh, the port on top. Thankfully, it is just a USB C port, and I have a ton of USB C cables since I have an Android phone, and I went kind of nuts and bought like two big packages of uh, USB C cables. So you know, I have USB C for days. So. You know, charging it, not really a problem. I haven't actually hooked it up to the TV yet. I have the dock setting in the, the living room, just haven't messed with it really. Because, you know, it's honestly, it feels a little bit better as kind of a handheld, a little bit of a chunky handheld, let's be honest. But it has kind of impressed me overall with just build quality outside of some niggles. Uh, I have a, this is going to sound weird, but I have a very cuddly cat that likes to just flop on me. So if I'm playing the Switch, I could just disconnect the uh, Joy-Cons and continue playing while Shadow just decides, you know, I'm going to go love on uh, uh, love on you for a bit, which is uh, a lot easier to play. Uh, trying to think of anything else. Uh, no, the lack of I'm surprised you haven't talked about the controllers yet. Uh, do, you, do you have big hands? Uh, yeah, but connected to They're the... They're terrible. Yeah, connected to the uh, main system, it's not as bad. If I'm playing disconnected, if I'm playing anything that requires a lot of uh, a precise movement, forget about it. I'm not going to be playing Zelda with the Joy-Cons disconnected without it connected to the little plastic thingy that they give you. Uh, and the fact that they don't have Bluetooth, so in order to actually connect another controller to it, either have to have something that is compatible with it, which actually I do because of uh, building the RetroPie. I just happened to get one of the more popular uh, wireless controllers that has a mode built into it for uh, the Switch or get some sort of Bluetooth dongle, which there's actually a ton of them uh, that's uh, of various small sizes that could uh, connect to it. Once again, that single port is kind of the issue with everything, isn't it? Yeah. It's not just the fact that it's on the bottom. It's the fact that there's only one. Do you, this is, seems like ridiculous that you would even have to do this, but do you know, because I haven't tried this yet, if you could get like a USB-C hub and plug it into it and it would work? Actually, I don't know. I did get a powered, uh, just essentially a, 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 a powered hub to, that charges phones and such. Yeah. Be able to just you know, uh, run it off that because... That's the other really big niggle is that the battery life, especially if you're playing anything intensive, sucks. It very much sucks. So, uh, 
how how many hours give or take per um, for, for different uh, games uh, depending on the game uh so uh getting to the, uh played some of the emulator of uh I activated the free week trial of Nintendo Home or whatever they want to call it. So I have access to the NES and SNES libraries that they've released, which is kind of a haphazard, just mishmash of games. Uh, Some uh, very good ones, and then there's some that's like that. Why would they put this on there? Especially some of the early NES games. Uh, For that, yeah, yeah, I would say probably six or seven hours. But then playing something more intensive like Mario Kart, it goes down to something like three to four. Yeah, that's been my experience with most of the games that I play. I have played on my Switch. It's about three, four hours of battery life. Although I got mine secondhand, so that could be a contributing factor. Well, mine's uh, uh, brand new, so uh, something that's more intensive. It, like I said, it really depends on just how graphically intense and how much action's going on. So if it's really pushing the system, you know, the battery life is just going to tank. And there are, of course, uh, third-party uh, uh, solutions to this. There's battery cases. There's, uh, Well, there's power banks that you could use with it. But but the thing is that because the charging port's on the fucking bottom, you can't uh, use the thing outside of just as a handheld if you're charging it. <laughs> because the kickstand, if you hook something into the charging port, you can't use it. It's dumb. I wish they would have had like a secondary port on the back under the uh, kickstand. Yeah, where the micro USB or sorry, micro uh, SD card is to yeah. be able to do a secondary charging port and maybe have the uh, SD card like uh, somewhere. I think uh, the, probably the best solution would be like the uh, uh, the 2DES XL that I have, where the SD card slot is actually right next to the game card. So it's very easy to uh, install a new one and be able to upgrade the memory. Uh, Anita's, uh, her 3DS XL, in order to put a bigger memory card into it, you have to halfway disassemble the damn thing. She didn't even realize that you could upgrade the memory and, and it, until uh, I mentioned that I was getting a memory card for mine and started looking around online on how to upgrade hers and was... Okay, now you take off the back plate and remove a couple of things, and oh, there's the card. It's practically next to the battery, if I recall correctly. But Nintendo does some weird, weird things with uh, both software design and hardware design. So uh, there's a reason why I think people really consider Nintendo like their own thing, and they're not. They're like this odd side character in the console wars these days. People pick up a Nintendo console and their console of choice as essentially a mobile console or a, a digital uh, gaming platform instead of have it be their primary gaming console for the most part. Honestly, ever since the, ever since the Wii, that's been true, right? Yeah. Like Nintendo has like explicitly decided like we are not going to compete with Microsoft and Sony. We're gonna make toys, and their toys happen to be video games. Yeah, and that's and- the thing is that yeah. It's just, if they didn't do that, would they be Nintendo? No, they would be boring. <laughs> and for the most part, the, the the video games they make are a lot of fun. But the, you're right, they're definitely in a completely different category to Sony, Microsoft. And then everything is completely separated from PC. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's why I bought my Switch. Like, I play 99.9% of my video games on PC it, it, when I'm, you know, sitting at my house playing games. 
But like for that other percent of the time, it's like I want to lay in bed and play something or I want to sit in my recliner. And I've got PCs all over the place in my house. I could, but it's a little bit of a hassle and I'm fucking lazy. So just sit back and play on my Switch. It's great. Uh, Since I got the Switch, I've been playing not exclusively on that, but a good majority of that. But that's also because, you know, I can play on it while uh, spending time watching random YouTube shit uh, in the living room with Anita. Yeah. And before that was, you know, messing around with random mobile games or maybe the 3DS. But speaking of which, I still need to finish off Zelda Diamond Dungeon 8. Right? Yep. You can do it. I believe in you. Woo. Woo. So I'm not really ready to talk about most of the games I played on the Switch. Uh, like I said, uh, I play. I do have Mario Kart 8 and a couple others. One I've bought used off eBay for, you know, Practically nothing. Uh, but has it has it earned your? Um, do you feel like you've earned? You've gotten your money's worth so far, or do you well, think you have some ways to go? Well, it was a gift. Okay. Do you think it was worth the money that uh, I, I charged so. for a new one? I think so. It was. It's definitely going to be a, a long haul uh, item, especially even now though. Like after it's been a long time since it first launched, do you think still think it holds up? I think so, but that's also because you could go on eBay and get a lot of software on it pretty damn cheap these days yeah i think nintendo also exists kind of out like an in like a time displacement compared to the rest of the industry and that's part of the you know their separation because you can get you could buy a 3ds right now and still have access to an an amazing library that serves roughly the same purpose as as the switch well the fact that also the 3ds uh was backwards compatible with the DS uh, library. So there's a ton of shit to play. Yeah. I mean, uh, for for me, Phil, to answer that question, yes. Because I spent $175 on my Switch. When, you know, like I said, I bought it used, and it came with, you know, the the guy sold me a couple of games with it. Um, and I mean, I, I played it in the beginning when it was, you know, brand new. I played it a lot. But now I average, I don't know, two, three hours a week on it. But I mean, for me, that's worth it, you know, because I'll yeah. I'll I'll do that for the next several years, and then it'll get burst usage. Like we're, um, you know, if if we ever return to normalcy, you know, for like visiting family and shit. Like when I take trips, you know, my my laptop is god awful old. It's like ten years old at this point. It's hanging on by a thread. So you know that was what I would take to game on when I would go on trips, but now I've got the switch. And so now I'll just take that and go visit the in-laws for a week in Colorado. I'll just go hide in a bedroom and play on the switch where they all fight with one another. I will say that the switch, it is harder to get really good deals on. Uh, They don't go as deep a discount as PC. So that is a bit of a bugbear in my opinion, but that's, you know, just Nintendo being Nintendo really. And part of the reason why, you know, I started hunting around on eBay for a couple titles even the uh, big sale that they have going on right now, it's not a huge discount on really anything. So it's just, you know, you know pick up a couple things here and there, and that's really it. Right. Like, I, like I'm just looking around on here. I, I, and to be fair, a lot of what I'm seeing right now is bidding, not buy it now. Uh, is do, do, do let's, well, here's one that's um, like Super Mario Odyssey is still a 45 to $50 game. What? Yeah. Holy cow. That, yeah, I mean, eBay's going to be your best friend. It's got the used game market, right? Like, unless you're, you can't, 
you wouldn't want with it with the switch you wouldn't want to get a digital game anyway right because it would take up your storage space and uh, it has, a, much, it has but... a micro sd card uh slot on it so you can't okay but still you're, you're, it's and switch games like the... are actually surprisingly small so i'm just looking at mario odyssey uh it's 41.99 right now on sale okay well i mean i mean for the price alone is the used game market the physical game cartridge uh game card market is where you're going to want to stay for i hate for a while. i hate physical objects uh, but they're cheaper it, and you can I sell them sp- again i will spend and no on that because uh like i said right now uh i'm just looking at one random uh place uh, that's selling a bunch of uh games mario odyssey is five dollars uh, more expensive uh, di- uh physical than it is digital because it's on sale right now no i mean i mean from ebay Second hand. I'm, look, I'm looking at eBay. Really? Oh my god! I'll, and Phil, Nintendo I has you. figured it out. They figured out how to make something that does not depreciate. And I guess that makes it a good purchase, right? Because it seems to be holding its value. But mm-hmm. like, damn, I I hate physical objects, Phil. I would rather pay fifty dollars to get you? something digital than ten dollars to buy it on disc. I bought Ace Combat Six because the only for for my Xbox because the only way you can get it is to if you didn't buy like the special edition of Ace Combat 7, the only way to get it is to actually buy it and then play it backwards compatible through Xbox. And I almost didn't buy it because I would have to buy a disc. But my love for that series overpowered my hatred for physical objects. Okay, let's put it this way. Uh, I poked around a little bit more on eBay and I found Best Buy selling it on here for $40. Brand new. So, and that's about online or about in line with some of the buy it now is on used copies all i'm saying is all i'm saying is that i'm surprised i'm surprised by how it's retained its value um and i'm surprised that you're basically reviewing a switch this long after it's launched and still like you know it's not i don't know it's still like there and alive and kicking and going strong you know it hasn't lost nintendo has this thing about it where they don't put out a lot of product they manufacture artificial scarcity as part of their business model. Yeah, that's part of the reason why the Switch is kind of retained its mystique is that it's been a hell of a thing to get pretty much all year since the pandemic started. And even before the pandemic, like the Switch, I mean, you could buy a Switch, but it was a toss up on whether or not you were going to find one. And then buying them used was basically a lost cause. So. Yeah, and then. Also, getting them used, some of the ones I've seen online have just been beat all to hell. And they were still selling for obscene amounts of money because, yep, right? Yeah. Like, uh, here's one copy of uh, Super Mario Odyssey, 28 bucks, but it's bidding and it still has five days left on it. And I'm just, I'm kind of sticking on Mario Odyssey because that's kind of like uh, the premier platformer on there. Matter of fact, they had, uh, which I was able to get, uh, a uh, pack with the uh, Pro Controller and Mario Odyssey for 70 bucks from Walmart. And that was considered an amazing deal because of it. To be fair, the uh, Switch Pro Controller is the, my controller of choice right now. Um, if, even with my computer, it's wireless with Bluetooth. And the only complaint is that it has buttons for triggers. And it's you really mean, comfortable, and it's you mean the Xbox controller, which is what Nintendo copied to make the Pro controller, and then they ruined it by putting buttons instead of triggers. There you go. I mean, I got it originally to play it on the Switch, so you know, I that's I mean, where I, I got that choice. But 
I could steal one of the controllers from the RetroPie that I built. There you go. So, the new Xbox One controllers, Phil, are Bluetooth. I mean, you know, if you're happy with a controller, like you don't have to go buy one. Like I'm not saying go buy one, but if that controller craters, the 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 new gen Xbox controllers are all Bluetooth. I mean, that's good to know. Um, I think I'm just yeah. Gonna, I, I I think uh, definitely I can't play a Switch without without a Switch Pro controller. I the Joy Cons and the little plastic thing they they shove on it is just not. It doesn't cut it. It's it's terribly uncomfortable. And um, so I mean that it is what it is. But I think I'm glad they copied the Xbox then uh xbox controller because that's the only way i can play on a switch is with a pro controller yeah only thing is that's screwing me up with the controllers more than anything besides the little plus and minus keys then because i constantly forget about them is that and i know it's been this way since the nes i'm used to the xbox layout even though i play with a playstation 4 controller all right and a and b are reversed on the Nintendo. Oh yeah, X and Y are reversed too. It's yeah. horrible. I I always screw that up. I have to sit there and think about it <laughs> far more than I, I really mean, because I have like fifteen years of muscle memory now. Yeah, thankfully, even though the PlayStation and the Xbox use different, you know, the PlayStation has the symbols and Xbox has the letters. The button mapping is the same ninety nine percent of the time if you use them for like. Because I, I once I got the trigger situation fixed for uh, the emulator, like the Xbox controller is fine to play PlayStation games. Because even though you know it's not square, triangle, circle, uh, X, you know the button mapping is the same by default in ninety nine percent of the games. So my I mean, all my muscle memory works fine using the Pro controller with with Steam. Um, I mean, it's Steam supports it, and that's that's what I'm using with my PC is the Pro controller still. And it's just the labels are wrong. Like you might as well scratch off the letter A and the letter B and rewrite them on in Sharpie because I use the Xbox layout because it's like you said, it's an Xbox controller. So it's just Nintendo being backwards uh, with their thing because they want to be different, I guess. But um, or maybe to honor the SNES layout. I can't quite recall. But uh, like actually, uh, NES layout. Uh, NES. Yeah. OK. But, um, yeah. Eh. I mean, it doesn't make a difference. It's like when you once you know how to type on your keyboard and you have that muscle memory, you don't look down at the keys. So I, I don't even look at the buttons. Um, I know it says press B and I do the the button on the on the right. You know, Whoa, you got a badass over here. Hey, come on. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Phil. I'm giving you shit. I'm a gamer. I'm yeah. a gamer. I'm a games. You're pro gamer. All right. What was it? So you we've kind of derailed, which is normal for the show, but we've derailed the conversation twice now. What's yeah. what's the game that you played that you were going to talk about? Uh, so I, I, like I said, I picked up uh, the seven day trial and I'm probably going to end up getting the uh, yearly thing, even though it does chafe me a little bit for paying for online uh, functionality. Uh, but I did play a little bit of Super Mario 35. So this is the Battle Royale platformer that they put out. That's a timed release that they're going to unrelease at the end of March next year. And I got to say, it's really a it's really a damn shame that they're going to pull this because it's a hell of a lot of fun for a short burst of gameplay uh, it's mario or sorry super mario brothers one but you're playing against 34 other people and as you kill enemies they appear on other people's screens so let's say i stomp on the first goomba in world one one and i'm you could target against a random person, uh, the person with the lowest amount of time, the most coins, 
or people that's actively attacking you. That Goomba will then appear on their world just slightly off screen and come in. And it gets chaotic quickly. I have not won a game. I've come in the top 10 several times. And I average in like the 10 to 15th because, like I said, it gets crazy. And there's some really good people uh, there. Uh, And the idea of it is pretty much get as many coins as you can to be able to power the uh, the uh, essentially a random uh, power up generator and that's also your player level experience so in between levels uh the progression is unlocking more icons and uh, if you play far enough unlocking more levels and it's really just hanging on and a very different experience to the Battle Royale genre, which is, I think, what I'm really enjoying about this, is that they're taking Battle Royale, or the idea of this competitive short-burst gameplay, and not making it a damn shooter. I'm so tired of Battle Royales that are pretty much just Fortnite at this point. So, do, you think, do you think that Super Mario Brothers is the right game to do this with? Like, I, I like the idea of remixing a retro game. I like so, the idea uh, Battle Royale can be really fun if you get the formula right. And it, like you said, it's refreshing to see it not be applied to a, a shooter oh, or something like, like PUBG, but Mario Brothers. I would like to see it as a more uh, anthology of like all the NES era, because the way they have it set up is that in order to unlock World 1-2, you have to get through World 1-1. Then to get 1-3, you have to get through 1-1 and 1-2. And they kind of cycle as well. So you play through 1-1 uh, to get to 1-2. Once you get through 1-2, you go back to 1-1, play through 1-2 again, then you go to 1-3. And the way the matchmaking works, once you get, if you want to start on later levels to be able to unlock more, you're starting to run into problems with matchmaking because there's people that are stupid good at this. I would like to see that. Think of matchmaking as a thing from Mario Brothers. This is, sorry, this is still hard to wrap my head around. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. And the fact that there's this kind of strategic idea of, okay, do I want to focus on coins to be able to try to survive more, uh, which allows you to get more power-ups, which is random. So it could be a power block that kills everything on screen and just sends a massive amount of enemies to uh, someone uh, to uh, getting a fire flower or a star uh, or yeah, uh, giving you a little bit of a buffer. Or do I want to focus on killing enemies to rack up the time? Oh, and that's also something else is that you start off with only 35 seconds. As you kill enemies, you get a couple seconds. So if you get a good burst of enemies killed, it starts to really rack up the amount of time that you could get until you get, I think it's 400 seconds. But as you get closer and closer to that last handful of players, the timer starts going faster. I think it's once you get into the like the top five, it, remember how uh, I'm trying to think uh, yeah, the uh, music changes in, uh, whenever you get below like 100 seconds or 60 seconds in the original Mario Brothers. It does that, but it also speeds up the timer. So, you know, that uh, that psychological idea of, oh, crap, time's running out. I got to be you know, that extra pressure. And like I said, it's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, games are five to 10 minutes, and that's if you're with a couple of really good players. There's one standout player, it's like five minutes at most. Which, like I said, it's a damn shame that they're deciding to make this such a limited thing. Because it's 
really a unique twist on things. And the fact that they also have uh, special battles that have a different uh, order to the levels and also uh, ramp up the difficulty even further. And I think, I think it's just the fact that it's, you know, it's that nostalgia, but it's also something different, you know? Yeah. I mean, it does sound like an interesting concept that I don't, I don't know. I'd have to try it before I said I actually enjoyed it or not. Cause it doesn't sound like the type, cause I'm not a huge fan of platformers. So I'm not a huge fan of Mario, like classic Mario. Um, but I, I like, you know, taking new ideas or, you know, applying new well, well, trends or whatever in unique ways. Well, they have also done the same with Tetris. Yeah, I know about about Tetris, and I have played the Tetris. Yeah, it's the, uh, what is it? Tetris ninety nine. Yeah, Tetris ninety nine. It's the same idea. Tetris ninety nine is a lot of fun. I like Tetris ninety nine, uh, but I, I also played, really uh, like Tetris. Yeah, I played a little bit of it just to get kind of a comparison of the two, and with the exception of essentially a little bit of, I would say, more strategic ch- uh, choice between a few different options of uh, gameplay. Yeah, you know, trying to run through as quickly as you can and uh, knock out enemies. Or play a little bit more slowly to be able to build up your uh, amount of coins to be able to uh, survive longer. I would say Mario uh, uh, 35 is a little bit of a deeper game. Not much. Because, you know, it is still Mario Brothers. And it is, uh, looking back at it, you know, Mario wasn't exactly a very deep game when it released, huh? It was pretty much get to the end of the castle, uh, get disappointed by finding the wrong damn princess. Right? Yeah, I, I wanted to say that uh, the idea of remixing a classic game in in general to make is, is good because for two reasons: one, you get to play the same game that you played before; it's still Super Mario Brothers, but you get to experience it in a different way. You get to play it, maybe experience different mechanics. I, I guess Mario doesn't have mechanics in the sense, but like things like. Civilization Six released a battle royale mode where you play it the same game but with different rules, so it exposes different elements. Um, but with this, like remixing it in a way that makes it, it shakes up the meta. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers has is so old and so simple that the meta there is a right way to play Super Mario Brothers, and it's a game. So if you remix it like this, you're you're still playing the game, but you're not playing it wrong you're just playing it differently and i think i that sounds really cool and um i'm curious to see what other remixes uh will come for the games that are aging now and like the super mario brothers is a classic but like there are newer games that are also classics now right released way after super mario brothers but um if those if those get remixed i, I think it'd, i'm really excited to play old games again Right now, I will not go play back and play an old game, even for nostalgia factor. It's just like same old, same old. You know, five minutes here, five minutes there, fun. But if I have to think about it differently, um, I think it could spark something, um, a new reason to play an old game. Actually, that does kind of bring up. A, they did do something a little bit different with their emulator. I didn't really talk about that. I hadn't really messed with many of the games on there. But one thing that they did do that I haven't seen really in any other emulator at least on PC, is the ability to rewind. As in not save states, but an actual rewind mechanic. So if you look at it that way, you could play it a little bit differently as well and try to do more like speedrun mechanics to try to mix things up a little bit. So they are doing some things different. 
even though I'm still a little bit lukewarm on some of their game choices. Oh, but they do have Star Fox too, if you want to play that. Woo! Do a barrel roll. Star Fox. Do a barrel roll. (laughs) It's an Arion roll. That's a great segue to to me if you're done. Yeah, I think I'm done. All right. So, I mean, the, the main game that I played this week was I went back, got the emulator working. Um, and played Ace Combat 5, The Unsung War, which was, at least to the best of my recollection, and from what I've played, you know, going back and playing, because I'm playing through all of the uh, the Ace Combat games again, um, because I'm a person with, I don't know, obsessive person. Um, Ace Combat 5, I think, is the best one. Uh, I won't spend too much time talking about the mechanics. Last week when I went off the deep end, like gushing over Project Wingman. I basically described the the game mechanics of Ace Combat. And it's it still holds up. The only sort of downside is that, you know, playing this, um, having to use a controller instead of being able to use flight stick kind of sucks. Like, I mean it it's fine. It controls fine. There's no issues. But once I've used my HOTAS, it's like, oh now I have to use a controller again. It, it's um, Ace Combat, though. It's not. Would you consider it worth it to use a, a yes. or just like more immersive to use a? Choice? It's it's it's, it's a lot more fun. It's a it's lot not, more fun, and and it just it's hard to. It, it just it makes feels you feel better. badass because I yeah. played so Project Wingman is you know the best comparison I have to it because you can you know it has full controller and full um, joystick support, and so I I played Project Wingman for a while with my Xbox One you know, controller, the same one I was, you know, was using for Ace Combat. And then, you know, I, I played it with my HOTAS and it's so much better to play with a HOTAS. Like even the fact that it's more, you know, more arcadey than, than a sim, um, you know, I mean, it's almost pure arcade. They've got some flight bottling and stuff that, um, for when you play with the, uh, I forget what it is, the angle of attack limiter. And so you can like do some crazy stuff and it, it does do some, quote unquote simulating there but it, i mean it's primarily an arcade but it's just it's more immersive it's a lot more fun um you know I, I like having the you know access to the full range of buttons and knobs and switches on a hotas compared to the controller so that's kind of sad but that doesn't like count against ace combat i mean this game released in like 2004 on the ps2 and i think there was a special edition that you could buy in japan only that had like a flight stick for for the playstation um, but I mean, I'm not gonna even try to get a hold of one of those and figure out how to make it work with my PC. Like I'd be better off trying to get one of my joysticks to work with it. But anyways, as far as gameplay goes, I mean, it's Ace Combat. If, you know, if, if you listen to last week's episode where I talked about, uh, Project We Men, then you know about that. And if you haven't listened to it, if you haven't played any of the Ace Combat series, it's an arcade flight game. Um, the controls are perfect for the job. You know, it's not trying to be any like Microsoft Flight Simulator or anything like that. Um, what I had forgotten, there are two two things that I'd forgotten because I, I remembered the broad strokes of the story of Ace Combat 5. And I don't know how much of it is just time passing and I forgot and the difference in my age and maturity level now versus when I played it then. Because I played this game in high school, you know, 10, 15, min, many years. <laughs> Many, many years ago, I'm getting old. Um, and so there was just, this game has such a powerful story. So many anti-war messages. Some of them are on the surface. A lot of it is underneath. 
Ace Combat 5, I think, is the best game in the series just for the power of that story and the way that it utilizes the both the, its uh, pre-rendered cutscenes and then the in-mission dialogue and stuff to convey the story to you. It's got a lot of powerful scenes. Um, and it, it doesn't pull any punches with that either. Like, it talks about some really brutal stuff about war. Um, and it's also weirdly poignant for 2020. Like, the game came out in you know, the mid 2000s, early to mid 2000s was developed, you know, even before before then the game is set in the year 2010 or 2011. And it, it's talking about all of these issues that are like, oh, huh, that's the year 2020 with the uh, with the American president. Huh? Yep. OK. So that was uh, basically don't trust your government. Um don't trust your government. They'll stab you in the back and really? they don't have your best or the people's best interest at heart. So what do you mean <laughs> when you say it's uh, uh, anti-war? Do you mean in general? I've never played any of the Ace Combat games. I know. I know. But uh, I, I know what they are like. I, I just don't know about the story that much. It was a very anti-war in general. War is bad um, type of thing, except obviously it's more nuanced than that. Or was it specifically coming out in the mid 2000s uh commenting on the wars that were happening at that time no the ace combat 5 is a specific anti-war story it doesn't it's not commenting directly on things that happened in the early 2000s you know it's not talking about 9-11 and the post 9-11 because at the time i mean that would have been active you know um that would have been on like fresh so it's, it's not a game that's talking about that um that's Ace Combat 4. Uh, <laughs> but no, Ace Combat 5 is just a very general anti-war story. Um, some of its anti-war messaging is very overt. There are a couple of characters in the story that like openly, like they're soldiers and they talk about in the story about how that they, I'm generalizing here, but but how that they join the military, they join the Air Force during the longest stretch of peacetime in world history and it was just a stepping stone to their future. And then they get caught up in this war and they hate it and they hate killing people. And it goes through, you know, them dealing with PTSD and then the death of one of your own soldiers or not one of your own soldiers, one of your own squad mates and how it affects their psyches. And some of that stuff is, is on the surface. Some of it is underneath. And then most of the theming of this game, like the, you know, don't trust your government, um, the only like the only people you can trust is someone who's a pacifist. That's an interesting message in the story. It's like being a true pacifist doesn't mean never fighting anybody. It means doing just enough to get the job done and then being able to put down the, the weapons of war, you know, going from sword to plowshare, like being able to do that. That's the, what it truly means to be a pacifist. Cause that's sort of your character story arc is like, you're just a kid in Ace Combat fashion, you're kind of obfuscated so that it's like you, the player, can be the person a little bit because they give you your call sign, but they never give you a name. They never show you your character's face. Um, but that's sort of the story of your character. Like, you all join up at the same time, you know, it, as like a, a a college thing, you know? They don't make this explicit, but I think it's, you know, in reference to, in a lot of countries, you know, if you join the military and go, you know, stay for X number of years, they'll, they'll put you through college. And that's what these kids did. And they went into the air force and suddenly they get called into war and they're the best fighter pilots in the world. And they sort of rally an entire nation in order to fight off, you know, the, the, the bad guys. 
And then at the end of the story, like they disappear because they were true pacifists. They had what it took to rally a people behind them, stop a threat, and then go live normal lives and you know normal peaceful lives. It's a beautiful story. Just mwah. And I, I mean, I've spoiled the shit out of it, like hardcore spoilers, I guess. But it's way too late for that now. Like, yeah, you, know, you, you could still go play it, and there's stuff that I couldn't do it justice. Um, but and like, this is from like a mid, like you know, what we would consider like a double A game by today's standards. Like, I looked it up worldwide, and there's not like a, a true number, but it's estimated worldwide it only sold two to two and a half million copies. You know, like it's it by today's standards that would be like an abject failure. And like, you know, in the triple A space, it's very like a double A game, but it has so, and there's so much talent. Oh my God. There are so, so much voice talent in this game. Like, uh, Matt Mercer, um, it, it does a bunch of characters and I didn't know, like he's uncredited, which seems crazy to me. Um, but he, he does quite a few characters and then there's, um, some other big name, both Japanese and American voice actors. Um, it's a good game. Anyone who's never played it, I think you should go play it. It's or or at least watch um, some commentary or some let's play play on it. Like it's a good example of how how game design um, interactions between video games and gameplay and story can create a unique experience that isn't observable through other types of media. Um, and it, it runs really well. You know, I playing it, it. It is a PS2 game. Playing it on an emulator sometimes that's hit or miss. It took me a little bit of time to get it upscaled properly so that there weren't so many jaggies. But it's, I mean, it still looks pretty good. It looks like a PS2 game, but that's fine. Um, you know, because it's about aircraft and the cutscenes are pre-rendered, you you still get a, a really good, um, you know, clear picture of everything. Once you get it upscaled properly, there's not a lot of jaggies or anything. So the, the airframes are smooth and it plays well. All the text is readable. Um, it's got a great soundtrack too. Ace Combat 5 probably has the best soundtrack in the Ace Combat lineup. So it's a great game. Um, if you have access to it on original PS2, go for it. If you don't and you're interested, uh, get get into an emulator. Um, I was using PCSX2. Um, it's all free. You get the ROMs online. You do need a BIOS. Uh, in the emulator itself, it doesn't have the PS2 BIOS, so you have to get one from somewhere else. Uh, that's sort of their workaround so that it's like, they're not doing internet piracy because it's like, here's the tools. And then you just have to get your own bios from your own PlayStation two, which you totally own and don't go get one off the internet. Yeah. I definitely know how to dump the bios out of there. They, they get, they actually do provide instructions for how to do that, but you also can just get a PS2 bios off the interwebs. That's what I did. So uh, allegedly, uh, allegedly. Yes, Absolutely. It fell off the back of a of an internet truck. Um, so, so how would you say this Ace Combat Five: The Unsung War stacks up against every other game you've played, objectively I, speaking? Oh boy! <laughs> I see what you did there, Phil. This is excellent. We should get you on the show more often to to set us up for with good segues, which I will ruin because that's my job. But that's excellent. So, I yeah, have the been, one thing you work hard on. I have been working on putting together an algorithm for myself to, and and like, this is just a me personal thing. This isn't a VGL podcast thing. Um, I told rage about it like two days ago and yeah. And there's no way I'm uh, touching this level crazy. um, But you know, I, I want to rank 
every game I've ever played and have a list to go look at and be like, okay, how do these things generally stack up to one another? And I don't want it to be purely objective. I mean, that's impossible anyways. Like I'm a human, so I have implicit biases and um, some I might not recognize. And then obviously my personal preferences are going to cloud my judgment from a purely objective standpoint. But I wanted to try to sort of get rid of some of that subjectivity. Uh, So I spent the better part of a month creating um, a way to rank games that I have played. And so far, I'm pretty satisfied with it. It's I I broke it down into five five categories um, and started ranking games on it. So I'll I'll talk through this a minute and then talk about a couple of games on the list. Um, So the first category I rank games in is technical competence, because if a game is just broken and doesn't work, then that can seriously impact your your gameplay experience. So um, this one is is ranked on from 1 to 10 points, and and the whole scale is building up to 100 total points. So you start at a 10, and you lose points for for the more broken that your game is. So, for example, Elder Scrolls IV Skyrim got a 4. Well, to be fair, I did play it uh, several years after release. Yeah. Oh, also, I'm not using any mods. This is base game. Or, you know, game with DLC if I've played it with that, but no mods allowed. So, yeah, Elder Scrolls Skyrim got a four. Uh, KSP uh, gave it a five on that. Um, Some stuff like uh, visual novels get a ten. It's pretty hard to technically break a visual novel. So, um, like, If My Heart Had Wings got a ten for technical competence. Um, So did, yeah, KSP got a five. Factorio, I gave it a ten. Never experienced a bug in Factorio, actually. Um, then there's playability. Oh, come on, there's tons of tons of bugs in Factorio. Yo, all the nests around. You, you <laughs> kill them yourself. That's the that's the catch. Um, then my next category, which is also worth ten points, is playability. Um, I had a hard time like kind of coming up with this ranking and how to appropriately handle it because this might that might have fit better in the other category, the next category I'm going to talk about, but ultimately I decided to separate it out. And this is things like how intuitive the controls are, how difficult they might be to learn things like menus, you know, how obtuse are the menus? Does it have fonts that are readable for the text that needs to be read? Things like that. Um, And you start at a five in the, so in the middle. And if your game is exceptionally playable, then you get points added to it. And if it's exceptionally unplayable, then you lose points. But so, most... so would a five be like something you you don't think about it, and then something that's pos- above five would be you think about it by being like, oh my god, this is amazingly playable. Yeah, that, that type of thing. Yes. So, like um, Skyrim gets a six for playability. Um, its menus are trash, garbage, and it lost some points for that. But the fact that they've tried to make Skyrim as accessible as possible to the widest audience as possible does make a lot of the systems and things like fonts and and dialogue choices and stuff like that like uh stick out and easier to go through and easier to um you know work with so it got a little bit of a boost from that but um brothers a tale of two sons got a nine for playability uh because of the interesting and unique game mechanic and not only that but how well it pulls it off with controlling the two characters at once and um how they you know, interact with one another. Uh, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine got a three for playability because that game is fucking obtuse all the way around. I, uh, I would say kind of boring. Well, I mean, this is, this, we're, we're going to get to the, 
where that's covered. This is purely because, you know, remember when we played where the water tastes like yeah. wine in, in order to walk faster, you had to like do the rhythm game while you were walking and whistle and the map was kind of stupid and you never really understood how to get into or out of cars or trains like when you wanted awesome, or you don't. Yeah. Right. But so that's why it got a three. Like it, it had a, it had points knocked off for that. Um, th- the next category that I measure is where the most weight is in the entire thing. It's worth 60 points. This category is called ludology. So ludology is the study of, of play and games. Um, and so with video games, I kind of have expanded this to how well the game plays and does what it sets out to do. And then is there anything in the game that makes it stand out exceptionally or really make it more difficult to enjoy? So first of all, like, does a game do what it says it's going to do? Like, if a game is supposed to be an RPG, how well does it does it do that? And there is certainly some subjectivity in this, but, you know, I'm trying to look at it as, you know, in a bubble as I can and not compare them to other games as much as I can. So Skyrim, out of 60 points, Skyrim gets a 33 uh skyrim doesn't meet what it sets out to do because skyrim sells itself as an open world rpg but it's not really an rpg so the open world part it gets um it's it's certainly you know playable enough um it has a story and it has some exploration and stuff to it but there's not really a lot of role playing going on in skyrim so it it started out at 20 uh 20 points um, I believe is where I broke down Skyrim at its starting point. And then beyond that, you know, what elevated it or made it lose more points. And Skyrim has got a compelling gameplay loop for most people. Um, <laughs> I like how you uh, dodged that one. Well, I mean, that's the way that I look at it in general, though, like for all of these games. Like, I, I hear you with the ongoing battle we've had about how much you hate Skyrim. Um, but uh, just you know, because I play better Elder Scrolls games, as in all of them. But Skyrim has got, um, you know, a, a a fun enough and a compelling enough gameplay loop. Um, it's got a soundtrack uh, or a score that really elevates uh, gameplay moments. It's got really good voice acting. Uh, the story, while being boiler, you know, sort of boilerplate fantasy, has got enough interesting stuff going on to it that it it's intriguing. And especially on a first playthrough, you know, it's interesting to see like the Civil War going on and things like that. Does so, it get bonus points for lootology or... No, no, it doesn't, Phil. That joke no. didn't work. Joke didn't work last night. It doesn't work tonight. It wor- I, I mean, okay. I mean, if you want to, I, I search every barrel for a salt pile, every salt pile and apple that I can get. Okay, so fair enough. I study that shit. Fair enough. Lootology, <laughs> lootology. But so you know, there are things that elevate Skyrim's is gameplay cycle, but the fact that it doesn't actually achieve what its initial stated goals are cost at some points. And so you wind up with a 33, which is right there in the average range um, for what game it is. Um, so, but that's, that's where most of a, of a game's, you know, quote unquote score comes from. And the next category I have is X factor. X factor is something for a game that you can't quite categorize somewhere else, something special. So for example, brothers, a tale of two sons gets a 10 for X factor. Uh, because of what I'm just going to say as the river moment. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is something that I want to give that like 50 points for X factor. But, you know, I, I don't want like one interesting or redeeming or unique feature to completely outweigh all the rest of the categories. So, 
you know, games that have some kind of an X factor get points for that. And the most they can get is 10. And I think Brothers is the only one that I've ranked so far that's gotten 10 for X factor. Um, well, I would say also just it's overall theming and control scheme. Yeah. Well, Brothers A Tale of Two Sons is the number one game on my list so far. I'll, I'll, it's, As it should be. Its total score is 91 out of 100. Um, and then the the final category is my own personal rating. So this is like pure subjective. Just how much do I like a game? So Skyrim, I like Skyrim quite a bit, actually, even though it's like a mediocre game at best. So it gets a little, just like a little bump right there at the end from the fact that I like it. But with 10 points, that's not enough to take a game that's like a trash fire and elevate it to like a really great game. Um, you know, it can give it a bump. So Skyrim, uh, its total score is 51 but without my personal rating um, or, you know, without my personal preference for that, with that eight points, that would have been what, 43? So Skyrim would have been 43, but I like it. So it got a little bump up to 51. So it took me a month to work out the, the weighting of this scale because Ludology was a really hard category for me to come up with and to work out. I had originally split it up into a bunch of smaller categories and I just wasn't satisfied with them. Um, and it felt like I was really like picking apart stuff and didn't allow them to interact with one another. So it definitely, there is more room in ludology for me to let my subjective biases come in there more and elevate or uh, lower a score. But, you know, I'm not going for pure objectivity um, just to get a little bit closer to it than I normally would when I'm just talking about, you know, do I like or dislike a game? So, so if, if you strip away the, or in, maybe not in, if you don't strip away the subjectivity and you wanted to make this list um, your favorite games ranked or like you, the ranking of how much of a favorite it is right let's yeah. say you you keep this list going and then if someone says name your top favorite games you just pull up this doc and go what would you change about your ranking list now, now um, uh, in order to make it official though you have to print out every so often on papyrus so if somebody asks you, you could pull out the top pen and unroll it. <laughs> oh, I so, was thinking the the dot the dot matrix paper where it's like folded on top of itself and it, it just keeps going. Yeah, oh, no, it needs to be a oh, scroll. A uh, receipt, anyway. So a, a, I, a receipt from CVS. I don't quite understand what you're asking me, Phil. Are you saying like how can I look at this and just tell people what my favorite games are? No, I'm saying you, right now you've ranked you've ranked these games based on merit basically you, you've kind of tried to distill it to is a game good right without um having it be conflated with which games you like the most right you tried to separate those things and say right. like is a game good based on its design the design choices and the mechanics and things like that if you wanted to add to this list in a way that would reflect your preferences or like your your favorites and make it a my favorite games list instead of the best games list what would change like where where do your preferences and uh, emotions come in or i guess differently asking that differently where have you stripped them out um like how would this list change really because like Kerbal space Cramp program is really high up there skyrim you said is kind of like somewhere in the middle i guess um yeah even though you like it a lot so 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 what what you do is you go down to the bottom where there's tabs and you click on the detail scoring tab 
and you go over to the personal rating column and you just sort by that. And then that would, because I mean, basically if a game gets a 10, I love it. And it's going to be on my top, like my favorite games of all time list in the personal rating. And then, you know, going in and sorting the granularity out of that is really hard. Because that's one of those things. It's like people ask, like, well, what's your favorite song? It's like, well, I don't know. I don't have one. Like maybe if I'm in this mood, this is my favorite. Or maybe if I'm in that mood, you know, that's my favorite. Or maybe if I'm feeling like, you know, experiencing this, like this is my favorite song because of the the journey it takes me through. Like, you know, so when it comes to the stuff that you love, like I could put them on a list. And if someone held a gun to my head, I could probably like do it. You know, this, you know, all of these games I love, but you know, from one to 10, these are the ones I love, you know, the most or whatever. But, um, so, you, so know. you would, you would sort them by personal rating and then ties would be broken by this merit system that you've developed for the game's ranking list that you're talking about now. No, no ties would be broken purely based on my emotions for how I felt okay. about a game. See, I mean, I that's that like, a poor I, question. Yeah. Right now, like, I mean, right, so the game's on the list that I've got at 10 for personal rating, like Battletech. I love, I fucking love Battletech. It's a good game. It's a solid game. But, you know, it's not the best game ever, but I love it because of my own personal preferences. And right now, probably Battletech is my favorite game of all time. But, you know, 10 years ago, I might have said Ace Combat 5 is my favorite game of all time, which has a 10 on how much I love it. You know, or uh, Elder Scrolls Four has a ten. I that game. I played that game for like a, for a thousand hours when I was in high school and college. I loved Oblivion to death. Like a ch- a huge chunk of my life has been poured into that game. You know, so you know how how do I separate out my children? Right, but but so so what's the point of this list? Like with you've ex- deliberately excluded the personal rating when you sort uh, so this if- list based on these other categories. So like, what, what's the point of those other categories? Because I'm a crazy person, Phil. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not challenging it. I'm, Ger- I'm asking. Ger- no, what I know, I know, no, 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 I know you're not challenging it, but it's the thing. It's like, I, there are certain games that I think are better than other games. And to, to have like a general idea of what game do I think is better? You know, how can I compare this game to another game that I've played at a, you know, at a glance, it's like, well, let me go look at my list. Like, do I feel like this game was better than that game, you know? And I can see, like, kind of roughly where a game falls. I just, I like having access to that information. I think that it's it sets up... So, one, I'm I'm a little bit of, like, a crazy person, for sure. But two, like, I love data and what that says about the human condition and the way that we think and the way that we interact with the things that we enjoy. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm so a the, therapist. The of- I'm a the process of ranking these games is a forcing function to get you to go and revisit your library and really think about the effect they've had on you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm though that is certainly a valid reason to go through this exercise. Like I'm not saying no, like you don't understand or like you're, you know, you're not getting it. Like that is a perfectly valid reason to do it. I'm doing it because it's fun for me to go through and look at these games and analyze them and rank them. Um, and yeah, for sure. An added benefit is that I will revisit some old games that I haven't played in a while because I want to get a current view of them so that I can rank them on my list. But I just find this really enjoyable 
And, you know, what does it say about me? What does it say that I value, you know, in, in the games that I play for the ones that I like? And how do they stack up to other games? And why would I think a game is better than another one if I don't like it as much? Like just the pure exercise of doing it, I find enjoyable. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's spreadsheets all the way down. I think you. I think I agree with you. You, you're a crazy person. <laughs> um, it needs to stay away from Eve, and this is his uh, medicine for that. Yeah, it's spreadsheets all the way down. Like I said, so. Um, yeah, Jared wants to go win uh, Data is Beautiful subreddit at some point. <laughs> Just get some cool visualizations here. But um, Rage, have you looked at this list? I want to get your thoughts. I haven't on actually the seen the list. So Take it's a look. in the show notes. The, the link to it is in the show notes. Take a look. Uh, are you this, actually going to allow me to see it? <laughs> I yeah. am surprised here. I mean, you've got Kerbal Space Program as number three. Number three. There's so much wrong with that. I love Kerbal Space Program. There's so much wrong with that game. Yeah. You know? There's a lot broken in base Kerbal Space Program. But like, I, and you then, know. And then Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic like has a cult following and you know if you went on the internet and said you didn't like it you would not be allowed on the internet anymore and that's number 11 okay cool right behind Ace Combat 5 which is number 10 okay Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 is 25 I mean I'm just surprised by some of these things just skimming through it Um, and also very simple games like simple and like God, I mean, I'm amused to how 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 low Mech Warrior Five is. Mech Warrior Five is a bad game. It's it's just <laughs> it's a broken bad game. It doesn't but, have a compelling gameplay loop. It doesn't represent the series that it's supposed to be representing. Oh, I very well. nerve. And it, I mean, it, it's second it, to last on the list. I'll get the popcorn. Hold on. Okay, go ahead, Jared. No, it's just it's a really bad game, and so it it scored very poorly. If it had even been mediocre, it would have been higher up on the list. The list right now is skewed high with lots of scores that are 60 and above, which is like weird from like a bell curve perspective. But I started with the games we played for Game Club and then the games on Steam that I have the most time playing. So those are games that I I like more. And I, I have found that I tend, like, we all make fun of my tastes, my own personal tastes. And there is certainly, you know, a, a, an occasional, like, weird one. But for the most part, I like good games, I have found. <laughs> right? I like good games. Hey. So, so you know, w- the games that I've spent a lot of time playing with generally are good games. Like, not necessarily, like, great or perfect games. Well, unless you're a games. kid that uh, forces you to play t- uh, Train Fever. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, I, I, I want to say that Train Fever is only 10 places above Skyrim in this list. That's one, one thing you talked about Skyrim a lot. I just want to point out for people that haven't looked at the list. You love Skyrim. You acknowledge its faults. It's rated as 80 on the list. Number one being the best, 80 out of 92. Uh-huh. And um and like you said, this is uh you've sampled the games you like or the better games, the ones you spend the most time in, assuming you spend the most time in good games. So it's eighty out of ninety-two maybe good games. I wanna like set you better call me when you get a zero or anything less than ten. I don't I don't know if I could have a zero. Because I think if it's a zero, then the game is just unplayable. And it gets the X Factor 10, 10 X Factor for being so bad. <laughs> so bad. So bad it's good. Yeah. The lowest one on your list right now is a 24 
and that's Celestial Command, which I've never heard of, but I... Uh, it was a game heard. club uh, that they went in a completely opposite direction of how they should have. Celestial Command is, is at best, a mediocre game that is broken. So it lost... Like, it, it probably would have scored, like, in the 30s to 40s, but it, it's a broken game that barely works. And, and so it still it, got a 24. <laughs> okay? I like your enthusiasm. It's it's a broken piece of shit, and it still got a 24. Hey, I'm just, I'm just you know, keeping you honest about this, this ranking system that you got here. Yeah. Uh, it's impressive, but, like, I'm, it, I, the results are not what I expected. Yeah. Um, celestial command let's see if they released any updates oh no they haven't (laughs) um i have a segue for you are you ready please do speaking of broken pieces of shit i wonder (laughs) how cyberpunk 77 would score on this list zero it's a broken piece of shit (laughs) no it's not you can change your pp size you you know what you're right 10 out of 10 perfect game no 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 no, wait 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 can it be prehensile Uh, uh, okay, so do you want to seriously talk about Cyberpunk yes, 2077? There's so about, much controversy. Tell us about uh, Cyberpunk. You're, you're an actual regular-ass person who's played the game. Like, tell us about Cyberpunk. I'm a regular guy. And uh, I he's an Cyberpunk ass person? I feel like I'm in intervention right now. I'm a regular person, and I played Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> it can happen to all of us. And I'm sorry. Hi, regular <laughs> person. <laughs> I like it, Okay. So I'm just going to get that out out of the way. Cyberpunk 2077 is a game based on a tabletop RPG uh, called Cyberpunk 2020. And uh, the the premise of the game, is it, it's in the style of Blade Runner, basically. That's the most uh, concise way to describe it. There's the world is there's this mega city and surrounded by wasteland inside the city. You know, it's normal for people to have cybernetic implants. And um, AI is commonplace, and the rich are exorbitantly rich, and even poor people have cybernetics, but the uh, economic disparity is off the charts, the police brutality is off the wall, and at the same time, violence runs rampant, and um, it's kind of like everything is to the max. So the violence is to the max, the sex is to the max, the um, recreational drugs are to the max, the technology is to the max, and even the style is like amped up and the, the style I would describe is um, retro future. But it's like when I say retro future I might think fallout, right? Like fifties retro future, imagine eighties retro future. So like the future that the DeLorean came from. Okay. Like the future that fax machines everywhere. Cassette futurism, no, I think it, is what that style is called. I have yeah. a, like, like, yeah. So like I have, um, cybernetic arms but i'm listening to a walkman it's not quite like tape deck uh retro but like the big themes are like you know you you hack into things but it's kind of abstracted in a way it's it's very stylized um and uh i like that okay like so that's that's where i'm coming from i am predisposed to like this style um so this game uh made by the same people who made the witcher series um this game has been in development for eight years, right? One of the reasons why it's getting so much controversy is because of the hype that is, I don't know, it only comes around once in a while, this kind of hype. 
Well, I would say also just because of the developer, because they've had a string of really good games. Right, right. And uh, the uh, leading up to the release, the reviews were pretty positive. Um, The trailers uh, looked really good. And uh, we'll talk into some of the controversy in a second, but I'm going to table it for now and say I bought it on PC and I wasn't disappointed i expected a game to that just releases of this scope or at least um the scope that the developer intended was massive you know a huge city full of detail full of story with a bunch of performance capture with a touch a a bunch of uh, choices that you can make as a character things like that like i expected there to be bugs and there were there were bugs in pretty much every major game that i've played in the last five years that has come out so i'm not too surprised it hasn't ruined my game uh, but they're there and the performance hasn't been too bad for me on pc and you know i've just been playing it for the story which is why i bought it um that said i I think it's important to say that it was sold as being compatible with next gen and last gen consoles uh the last gen playstation playstation 4 the last-gen Xbox, and the PS5 and the new Xbox. I'm not going to bother getting the names right on those Xboxes. because Yeah, we, we can't get them right, and we do this every week, so... Right. No uh, worries. Yeah, uh, Microsoft is smoking something when they come up with the names. I mean, they're better than SpaceX. That's all I'll say with the naming schemes. That's a different topic. Yeah, um, but the drone ship is awesome. Have you <laughs> followed it on Twitter? No, I'm talking about the Merlin 1D uh, Block 5 point one full thrust anyway that's diff- different topic different topic um so this also even came out on stadia which was interesting to me anyway on consoles next gen consoles i haven't seen too many complaints but especially ps4 and the old xbox it's uh not playable like it, you would not be able to really even enjoy the story playing it on an old console and the the trouble is that the developer uh it was expected to run on old last gen hardware because that's basically what it was developed for or so we thought and because the marketing said it would work and it hasn't it sucks uh well, there's so many bugs that hmm? I was going to say that's why you should never listen to the marketing and it was a red flag whenever reviewers were coming out and saying yeah, we can't use our own uh, footage. We have to use essentially the B-roll that they uh, provide. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think I have uh, some opinions on why the reviews were so positive. Um and Let me let me ask you a question, Phil. Yeah, before go ahead. we get and let me I'm going to just make this statement up front cuz not to deal with this question in particular oh boy. But <laughs> for some stuff that we might say like Rage and I give each other shit all the time because we do this every week and we love each other. At least I love him. Um, help me help but me. I, I i try to say as much as i can like no shame to anybody like if you like something as long as it's not like hurting yourself or anybody else like that's cool and so the fact that you still like cyberpunk and when there's so much like shit like so many people shitting on it right now i think that's cool like it's okay I'm to be disappointed as well like yeah, i absolutely totally recognize it is 100 but if rage and i like give you some shit you did say you were gonna come on the podcast so i just want to let you know we don't actually hate the fact that you like it no, just, you just hate me. Just, I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's yeah, fine. I knew that you. coming in. 
we're cynical yeah. fuckers and we hate you. So let that now that that's out of the way. Yeah, besides, we haven't had a whipping boy in ages. <laughs> what is it? What is it that you like so much about this? Oh, okay, let me re- rephrase that question. Cyberpunk was sold as like having a great story, but also as like this huge open world experience. Do you think that the fact that the game is so buggy has kind of steered you away from the open world to focus on the story content, which happens to be very good and has led you to enjoy it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so if you try to pl- this game is you you go from mission to mission and it kind of the the missions even the side quests are feel like have a natural progression leading into one another so um there there i just got to a point in the story where i couldn't do something i needed i didn't have enough money because i spent it all buying (laughs) stupid shit um and so i had to i have to do some more side quests to make some money so i can continue the main quest and this is the point where I discovered that, oh, the side quests are good, too. Uh, the story, like, makes sense. The writing is good. The voice acting is great. Keanu Reeves is but, being Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. I mean, he even plays like, another character named John. He plays Johnny Silverhand. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's plays, beautiful. I don't understand why he always plays a character named John. But it's uh, he, he, pulled, he does it well. He's a good actor to cast Just do for the not role. kill his dog whatever you do <laughs> the the problem is when this game almost feels like it's like it invites you, the the art the 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 assets the feel the you know fake fake advertisements that you see it invites you in to kind of want to play it as some alternate reality gta and it sets you up for disappointment it sucks. The driving is horrible. I'm using a controller. Uh, I had to use a controller because I felt awkward on keyboard and mouse. And still, the driving is atrocious. Um, the minimap is fine if you're on foot and trying to get through a small level. But when it's trying to d- direct you across the map, I'm better off guessing and checking. And the AI, the driving, the civilian AI is not great. And like you can piss off the cops, but then their reaction whether or not they're spawned next to you or um you know you just keep driving and it's like you didn't just run over five pedestrians it doesn't make sense um, oh they got uploaded to new bodies anyway who cares yeah yeah so it's not gta and i think some of the controversy is that it was sold to be or some people expected it to feel that way and it falls short but once you get to the next mission you're right back in it you're right back uh you know, into the characters, uh, the acting makes sense for the characters, the way they're portrayed. The character models are great, and you can see expressions on their faces. Um, one interesting note that I saw from one of their YouTube videos is they showed, like, if you change the language, the lip motions are mapped like to the language that is being spoken. So it's not like a dub. It apparently looks like the characters are speaking that other language which i thought was interesting haven't tried that myself thought it was cool but yeah and and the the characters in the story do make choices that i expect them to um given the development doesn't sound doesn't seem weird the choice i'm given some of it's smoke and mirrors and i can tell other times it feels like i can just say two different things and the reaction i'll get is very different and i do it and it, it comes true you know it's not like other um rpgs where you it doesn't matter what you say the person's going to respond with the same answer 
Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I really, really liked the story elements of it for that. Like I, I love, I'm the type of person where I will role play as the protagonist. I won't try to make the protagonist me. Um, so uh, last night we were talking, me and, and Jared were talking about Red Dead Redemption 2, which I think we could make this a four or five hour podcast if we wanted to talk about that game, which I've also been playing. Uh, but I, I don't think it feels like a living world as much as that did. And I, I think you you guys might disagree with me on that, but, um, how, the merits of Red Dead. But th- at least that felt like oh, a world that I was, I was looking in. You know, I, I was I was participating in that world. With Cyberpunk, it feels like a set. And as long as I'm playing the role, as, as long as I'm following the story, I'm playing through the movie. But as soon as I try to like, branch out and do my own thing it kind of shows that it's fragile so you're 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 saying a lot of things i'm i'm listening to what you're not saying as well you uh, other than the driving mechanics being garbage you haven't mentioned like the gunplay the stealth how melee combat works in this game i can uh it depends on how much you want me to talk so i play the the stealthy type i um tend like i sneak around and i th- i treat levels like puzzles like how can i get through this level without being detected um some of the the different factions i despise so i instead of non-lethally killing them i kill them and it's like how do i kill them everyone on this level without being detected it's like a ch- fun challenge and it there's it's not just sneaking and it's not just like stealth kills from a distance there's hacking which is like there are technology elements like cameras or or uh, remote doors or or things and everybody has cybernetics so you can hack into the camera and like from the camera you can hack into a person and like overload their optical sensors and like it temporarily blinds them and there's like this shower of sparks that comes out of their face and like that part's really fun to me the gunplay there's guns um like all types of guns and there is also um melee combat with your fists and with um swords and it's so so i mean it feels like you know i wouldn't go in if i liked i wouldn't play it as a shooter i wouldn't play it as like a the gunplay is not why you come to play this game you know but it's fine um the enemies are kind of spongy um it's not a simulator you know it it doesn't feel like real life but it's not trying to so you know eh um and there's a lot of gun drops and stuff and it kind of feels like borderlands at some points when you get so many guns and they all have unique names and and abilities and you don't know which one to get and um it's it's fine though like the combat's fine i it's just a means to an end to kind of get rid of all the enemies on the level when i screw up my stealth (laughs) so 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 how do how do you feel about it like overall do you like it love it dislike it it's just okay I like it. I'm a little disappointed uh, that um, there are bugs. Like I, I did experience bugs. I played on PC, so I'm not. I didn't experience experience the worst bugs, but I did have some bugs um, that I I think are seem like they'll be patchable. Um, I'm a little disappointed with the uh, level of fidelity given to AI and kind of like that element of the world that really brings it to life instead of being something pretty to look at. I'm really pleased with the style. I'm pleased with the story and the acting and the writing. 
but I'm a little disappointed that um, it, it doesn't really live. It, it, it feels like there's potential and I don't want to play a game with potential. You know, the last time I did that was when I bought Daisy and uh, you know, maybe that's another discussion that I don't want to get into. Right. Uh, so, so I'm a little, I think it's worth, I paid $60 for the game. I think it might be worth $30 when the bugs are patched. Uh, if some of the core issues that I see, or like maybe some new features or, or thing elements are brought in with a future expansion or DLC or something, then I think it could be worth the full 60, but don't pay full price for this right now. And if you're, if you think it looks cool and you're in it for the story or you're excited about the story, uh, wait, wait a couple months. Um, but I mean, you know, I still like it. I'm still having fun. So we'll see if I play it a second time, um, maybe to try out a like super gung ho guns blazing type of build instead of the stealth guy. But let's be honest, I'm I'm the stealth guy. Like I'm not gonna I'm probably not gonna do that. So yeah. I'm looking forward to finishing the game, but I don't know if I'll play it again. And I wouldn't recommend someone to purchase it right now. I'd say wait. Um nice. I did want to comment on why I think reviews were so positive okay well we can just sort of segue into talking about everything surrounding cyberpunk with this um with this little segue here since it was just sort of a general topic that we had yeah yeah so before the game came out and everyone kind of saw it for what it was the reviews were saying oh this is the best game this is going to be the best game of 2020 the best game of the decade right I think uh, reviews were very positive and they said, yeah, there's some bugs here and there, but overall it's amazing. And I think if I were a reviewer, I would play it on PC and I would play it uh, as many, much of the story as I could and as many of the side quests as I could. And from there, kind of like maybe poke around the city. And if you just did that, yeah, it's a great game. But like I said, you know, if you're trying to like do anything on your own outside of the story quests, it really falls apart. And if you play it on anything other than a PC, you know, it falls apart. So I, I don't think that the reviewers were being uh, censored or holding back. I think it was a product of reviewing a game as fast as you can so you can get it out. Um, yeah, the just the small amount of time as someone that's been there, done semi-professional reviews, I guess I could say, because I wasn't it for a big site. Yeah, typically you are under a fair amount of crunch to be able to push out a review. But there's also been times where I've been kind of led towards, okay, well, we want you to talk about this, 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 and this for an article. I'm sure that also happened. Yeah. But I, I think that reviews were skewed. And I don't think that what they said was wrong. I think they just did not give a full picture of the story. Um, so. One of the one of the articles you have here is the open critic page warns players about technical issues in the game. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, that one was specifically for the last gen consoles, I believe. Uh PS4 and Xbox One. And they've said there will be a patch before Christmas for the last gen consoles, but then they're gonna actually take a holiday and like don't expect any new patches until February. But beyond that. Beyond the beyond the emergency ones. Yeah, so okay, so in in general, I mean across all platforms, Cyberpunk has been a mess, like a technical mess and sort of the le- less powerful your hardware is, the more of a mess 
that it is. Um, the thing for me that I really scratch my head on, and I'm I I think I might have like I have a speculative answer. I don't think that this has been confirmed anywhere, but like they worked on it for years, and I know like eight year development time. You know, some of that would have been pre pre production and things like that. Like I would assume four ish years, four to five years of like serious development. And in my head, like I keep thinking, like how could they have fucked up so badly on like the console releases for this? And even theory, like with. And things like the AI, like supposedly the AI is broken for like the police and um, things like that. And, you know, like how could they have not gotten even like a basic version of that working, you know, in all that time? I think there are. are, Yeah, there are three reasons. One of them is exactly that. It's the star citizen effect, as I, I like I have heard it put and I like it a lot where you start out with kind of a narrow scope and then the more you do, the more you realize you could do. And then when you get to the end, you realize you really kind of should have put your time elsewhere. I mean, I if think- you want to go for a more uh, uh, older uh, example, the Duke forever effect where they keep redoing the game over and over That's again. Exactly. Another thing just- I was going to say, I think they made a mistake early on and decided to go a different direction or decided to overhaul something in the middle. And it, it royally screwed them over, and that's pure speculation, hundred percent speculation. But like, if they rebuilt the game, if they knew what they know now, I think that they wouldn't. It wouldn't be like this. I think they made mistakes along the way and had to recover in order to salvage it to be at this point. And the last thing I want to say is, I think it wasn't tested properly, and uh, a great way to find bugs in your game is to have what 8 million people or something like that download it. Yeah. Um, and with COVID, I think that played a part in, in how many testers were available speculating, of course, but like, Oh, there could have been remote testing as well because right. That's true. Yeah. I, it, it feels untested and they, I I've seen an article somewhere hearsay. I know but that they consider the bad AI to be a bug and then they're going to be working on bugs to fix. But like, I don't know. I think it's, they bit off more than they could chew. Then they screw themselves over by making a mistake halfway through and then they didn't have enough time to test or they thought testing would be easier or they thought there wouldn't be as many bugs as there turned out to be. Yeah. Well, you always write some bugs. Yeah, especially in a game of this size. I, I don't know if you'd consider this feature creep or... Or if you would consider it something differently. I, I kind of have thought of it as something differently, but I could see it being feature creep as well. Given the long development cycle that this game has had and having to target multiple, particular console generations. PC doesn't right. suffer from this as much, but console generations, you know, because the Xbox, the, P- the PS4 and the PS5 use two fundamentally different architectures. And the Xbox... The, the new one and the old one, I'll say, are similar. There, there's differences, but essentially the new Xbox is a, just a, a beefier version of the last one because it's still using the same under the hood. You know, the software is still all the same. Um, you know, the, the firmware, they're still using their Windows universal uh, OS platform thingy. Um, I've, what is it? UWP stuff. 
universal windows platform i think is what it's called they're still using that so there's some hardware differences but i think that's why the xbox one version um i don't i don't think that would have been as much of an issue there but ps4 ps5 completely different architectures and And if if that's your argument then it would have worked better on ps4 because they developed it while ps4 was they but if it weren't for a few of the critical delays that are another facet to this story. This game was delayed a bunch of times. And one time, the day before it was delayed, like the Twitter said, no, I promise you, we will not delay. And then the next day they delayed. Yeah. Uh, at the time, the PS4 would have been what the platform it was released on. And the PS5 would not have been out yet. Well, so like, because it was had, delayed, the PS5 is out. So your argument doesn't make sense. No, they would have had the development consoles for those for somewhere between six months and a year before they were released in into the public's hands, maybe even longer. But they would have had PS4s but, the whole time. But they say, well, a new console generation is coming out. Like, we can ship this really close to the launch of the new consoles. Let's develop it for that. I, I suppose that would be feature creep. Because anything that they would have been working on for the the previous generation consoles would have been, I think, pushed further you know, back to be like, all right, let's get this ready for the new consoles. And then they would have potentially added more features or spent much more development time working on on those consoles and the PC and then the old shitty hardware gets left in the dust. And then it's like, Oh, let's compile it and run it. And it's like, well, it kind of works. I don't know. I, I think have a different, I have a different console. take on this idea that you're developing for a moving target and it's stuff hardware related. It's gameplay related. And I think you're, you're what you're talking about is developing for a moving target. Right. And the longer it takes to develop, the more you're, the thing you're developing for changes. Right. And if this game came out two or three years ago, I I don't think of the expectations would have been so high. I don't think, well, I don't, when did GTA five come out? Uh, think, which time? GTA, I think GTA five, <laughs> I think GTA five changed the game. <laughs> no pun intended about what the expectation of a game in a, in a city or in a world open world like this should be. Because okay, am I the only one that just heard in his head in a world, in a world, in a world where your penises fall out of your shorts? We'll get to that in a second. That's every day of my life, man. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I think that GTA and Red Dead Redemption, as open world games, changed the expectation of what cyberpunk would be, because in those games, they Rockstar puts a lot of fluff. Like you can go bowling. You can go play golf. You can play tennis, but you can go racing. You can have a a hover motorcycle. You can have a tank and go through the city. But the game is about, you know, like a satire of America. So uh, like they have all this extra stuff that you can kind of go do. You can try on clothes. You can go to the barber and you can't do that stuff in cyberpunk. You can't even change your hair. You can't can't change your hairstyle. You can't change your makeup. You can't change There's, anything, can you? You can't customize your car. You can't customize your home. Like these things are expected because of where we are in 2020. In my opinion, I think that if this game came out before or at the same time as GTA 5, like even if it didn't look as good as it did, I think that it would be a completely different conversation. And um, I think it's because other games set the bar and Cyberpunk was developed where it toward a different bar and they had to regroup and that's speculation again but that's what it feels like playing the game well 
so well also uh springboarding off of your idea into another idea of mine cd project shot themselves in the foot with the witcher because with the witcher 3 they set themselves up for like look at what we can do with fantasy and i've i've never played the witcher 3 i've played witcher 1 and 2 i haven't played 3 i will get around to it eventually get off my back jim i love you though uh but I'll I'll get to The Witcher Three eventually. But I mean, they shot themselves in the foot with how critically acclaimed The Witcher Three it is. It wasn't critically and, acclaimed at launch. You can uh, I remember if, The Witcher Three being very critically acclaimed at launch. I well, I mean, I've seen. I remember. How do people play this game? It's a shitty buggy mess. And then, like later on, it got patched up to where nobody remembers the bugs anymore. So critically acclaimed, maybe in the sense of, is it a good game? but critically acclaimed as in like everybody complaining about the bugs when it launched. I think, I mean, that was still around. I agree that they set the bar high for themselves and they did not meet it, but I think it's still a good game. Can we talk about the penises now? Absolutely. Please talk oh, about those things. Well, Jared's uh, in a special place now. How, how big is your pee pee, Phil? Did you? Oh, I played like the a... female protagonist. Oh, damn. Yeah. Also, how big is your pee pee? That's true. That's very true. <laughs> you're right. I'm not. It's not precluded from choosing a PP if you're not a man. Um, the character creator uh, is really detailed with the hairstyles, the skin, um, the face, the the tattoos. You can do cool tattoos. You can do cool hair. You can. It looks really good. And then for your body, you can customize your genitalia. Right, so if you choose the female protagonist, you can change your boob size, and if you choose the male protagonist, you can change your dick size. And they just have a few presets, and it's like this is the first thing you do when you go in the game. You, the first thing you do is you choose a backstory from three separate ones. Like, do you come from the outskirts of town? Do you come from the corporations? Whatever. Do you come from the streets? And then you create your character, and you make your face, and you're like, okay, normal, cool, I like this. And then, bam, customize your genitalia. Um, and like the dicks and boobs have physics. And so it's kind of like a novelty. And when I saw it, I was like, okay, they're setting the tone here where this is, this is an adult game. And like, I didn't take it as a gimmick. I, t- I took it as like a, if you were expecting something else, reality check, this game is going to be gritty. And like, that's what I, that's how I took it. But obviously when you can change your dick size, the internet's going to go crazy. The thing is when you go in the game, the character models underneath the clothes are apparently still modeled. And when certain male characters would sit down, the the penises would come, would clip through the clothes and, <laughs> and poke out. So, um, I bet Twitch streamers love that. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, really, attention to it was because I, I was expecting it to be in your face, like sexualities in your face, like vices are in your face. Um, and so I kind of, thought of thought of it as like a a statement more than anything but like like it doesn't need to be there i i i don't think so like even in 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 sex scenes that are in the game it's like if you watched probably if you watched hbo that type of level like there's nudity and like there's explicit sex but it's not porn right like game of thrones style sex a little bit back from Game of Thrones, not quite Game of Thrones. Oh man, Game um, of Thrones sex was really tame. Was it? I didn't watch yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay, maybe it, was it wasn't Game of Thrones. I mean, the the breasts were often exposed for your pleasure, 
Um, the occasional occasional dick was, but I mean, they, there wasn't like a lot of actual sex so, shown. It would be like nudity, and yeah. then like fade to black, and then you know fade back in, yeah. and it's like they're naked in the bed or okay. whatever. And it's like they just had sex. Okay, I thought it was a little bit different. I didn't like I said I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but I'd say it's on par with that, right? Like it's an adult entertain it's adult not adult entertainment it's an adult game and um on that level though like i don't think they needed to model the penises i don't think they needed to like i really i really don't so i wonder if that's an an example of feature creep actually maybe there was something a lot more planned to do with that and they got the penises ready and then they were like nope we're cutting their penises ready (laughs) yeah uh yeah, they cut out the perk of the prehensile penis so you could try wield guns. Oh yeah. Can you? I the mean, most important question, though. Penis. That's can actually you have, a, yeah. Anyway, th- this is the most important question I'm going to ask you ever, Phil. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. In the character creation, can you have giant tits and a huge dick? I think so. I'm not. All right. Entirely I'm sure. Well, I'm not entirely right sure. Game of the um, Year, Cyberpunk uh, 2077. Yeah, we know uh, what game's going to be at the top of Jared's list now. It, it's got a 100. Going to the top, baby. Yeah, uh, plus uh, 100 for the triple X factor. Absolutely. Now, I can just go watch porn for that. Big tits and big dicks. Mwah. But, like, honestly, the fact that people are making fun of it, like, shows that it wasn't worth the novelty. And nobody... I don't know. I, I think it's it become a joke and it was a mistake. I think that um, nudity in the game would, is fine. But like like you said, with Game of Thrones, like I guess I, I really don't know why they, they chose to do that and why they chose the penis models to be rendered beneath the clothing to even be allowed to clip through it. Oh my God, it's a Red Dead thing. Like, because I mean, with Red Dead, like they modeled like horse genitals and shit. Like, well, yeah, uh, horse generals I mean, that have... that shrink in the cold. Remember? No, I, 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 but I hear you, Phil. It is different because it's horse dicks instead of human dicks. But it, it's the same level of like. Well, you're not you going to put boxers on a really, horse because it's a male. You don't, yeah, but you don't really need to mon- model the horse generals either. Like that's just like a novelty that someone's like, did they really model the horse dicks? Oh yeah, I guess they did. Like. The the uh, one weirdo who's going to be interested in watching that has already been watching it for years on like uh, Pornhub or X Hamster or something like. I think the horse thing is different because with the human genitals, they're most almost all the time you're wearing clothes, right? Especially, yeah, right, the especially the genitals part, like boobs. Okay, like that's way more. Um, they're way more often exposed, like especially in like hypersexualized. Uh, uh, people or, or or different elements of the game where uh, sexuality is like in your face boobs is like you know not uh un- it's not surprising to see boobs but it is surprising to see anything under your your underwear you know for ma- male or female and so i i think they could have it would have been so easy to just not have that and what, uh, what's the quote from jurassic park they were so busy uh trying to see if they could they didn't stop to think if they should exactly. like it's 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 a dick measuring contest oh <laughs> yes because i mean i i like oh, is it is it necessary no 
it was it wasn't necessary in the same way that Rockstar with uh, Red Dead Two and you know didn't need to do a lot of the stuff that they did. But I think it's like and th- and that wasn't me like making a specific dig dig at Red Dead Two. Like we all know, I don't like Red Dead Two, <laughs> but but I think that it's, it's your same- it's your Skyrim. Yeah, but I I think it's that same sort of thing of like look at what we can do. We're so cool. Fuck off. Like that's maybe the fuck off part that that I, might I, not be true, but I think this is kind of a problem with really uh, just open world games in general is that we're seeing uh, the developers trying to focus on these minute details that 99% of people won't notice the horse gonna... genitals and that sort of thing. But they're making very yeah, yeah. shallow games because of it, because they're so hyper-focused on these minute details that they're not making good worlds anymore you're gonna hate me you're gonna hate me don't hate me can't hear you the the minutia is what like garners respect from me in the sense that if i'm playing a world i'm gonna use red dead we're using red dead as the example that's fine uh seeing attention to detail in the sense where like where you you walk through the mud and you're your pants get muddy and you leave muddy footprints. And if you fall down, you get mud on your back. Like that type of stuff makes it feel more, more visceral. Right. And like having those, having the minutia like sells the, the immersion in the sense where it, it just feels visceral because like it, it sells it. It's the little fo- It's the foam on top of the waves. Right. It, it just makes it. Right. So it's, it, I mean the minutia of world building. Like, yeah. On the other hand, on the other hand, I I do agree with you that like if all you have is is if all you have is minutia, then and you don't have a solid foundation underneath it, then it is shallow and yeah, not worth fa- it. Not worth your time. Why is an ocean shallow as a puddle? And that's kind of a general take on open world games these days. Also, yeah. I think that that what you the example you just used, but I you know, I could think of a lot of other examples that fit into that, you know, someone getting wet, snow building up on something. Yeah. You know, those sorts of things. That and and, and this could, you know, this could might not actually be like a, an appropriate line in the sand to draw, like, you know, where do you actually draw the line? But that feels sort of like, you know, like you said, like, you know, the icing on top, you know, like the, that, that just that little bit that pushes it over and makes the, the world and the environment much more immersive. Yeah. And then you cross the line into doing things that seem just show offy and unnecessary. Right. Right. Um, and I think one, one key element to this, uh, is like, there, I guess two key elements here. One is if you set that example somewhere you have set that example for the rest of the game you've set the bar for the rest of the game if you if you choose to have something very detailed in one aspect of your game and then you go and have a bunch of other things those other things better be you know up to the same level or else i will know i will notice because i will then expect it see no on the other hand sorry see uh star citizen for that one right exactly exactly on the other hand if i'm not expecting it and I see it, it surprises me. And that surprise is why Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of my favorite games right now. Because it surprised me in so many ways. I found detail or I found uh, elements or, or 
things that made it come alive in ways I did not expect. I expected the bunch of NPCs to be mulling about, and I didn't expect this one thing to come out of nowhere that would be to- like my brain said, oh, this would totally happen, even if it didn't. But, you know, even if it wouldn't in this world, my brain thought, oh, wow, that totally would happen like that. That surprise sold it. Like it, it just it's like it's like when, oh, I don't know. It's like something in, it's like experience VR when you go and you're crouching under a table and then you try to use the table to help yourself up and your hand falls through like something about it just sold it to your brain and like or or playing half-life 2 for the first time and realizing oh i can pick up anything like this is a world that surprise uh really elevates the game so much for me and and um cyberpunk did that in ways that i was really impressed with with their characters with the storytelling the acting and the writing and like uh moral ambiguity uh with certain things and so that was great and then they completely dropped the ball because i would then i would have this really amazing sequence and feel something in like emotionally and then i would have to go and drive to the next thing and have to struggle with this freaking bullshit driving and it completely takes me out of it so it's like so close so this this could be one sort of final final thing between you phil and then the two of us and that's the difference in the amount of games that we play and then collectively the way that we approach them like all three of us obviously you know have our own experiences that inform how we feel about think about and judge games but you are someone who plays games more and I'm not saying this insultingly, but more casually compared to Rage and I, because we play, you know, we play games and we talk about them every week. Like we're in yeah. the conversation as much as possible because yeah. we do this show. And so I think the two of us have a, a much larger breadth of games because you're talking about the storytelling in cyberpunk. And I'm like, well, I played games that do that. I played lots of games that do that. That's not right. special to me. And then I remove myself from my own context and be like, well, Phil, is like a normal ass person. He's not some weirdo like us. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, I think, I think part of it too, is that it's like, if you are an actor, it's different for you to watch a movie. Like for me, I I play racing simulators and flight simulators. And so seeing a movie that show depicts flying or racing, it's like, Oh, come on. Yeah. Like, no, nope. mm -mm, That's not how that works. You know, I'm a space nerd. I work, I work in aerospace and I see like stuff like the Martian was was great, and then he goes and does something that defies physics, and I'm like, ah, mm, nope. Well, right? to be fair, he didn't do that in the book. Okay, fine. My yeah, point, that, I think, is made, that, and I that's think as, the fact that's almost that you, as dumb as explaining a, a gravity assist to the head of fucking NASA. <laughs> they're doing it for the audience. The the th- I think the fact that you guys do play games makes it different for me. I approach the games that I play that are not simulators. As if it's just an interactive movie and um, I don't know how the sausage is made and I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, that's where we uh, come from. Really three different uh, looks. Uh, Jared is more of a story guy. You're an immersion guy and I'm a gameplay guy. So I think it's yeah. fair to say I would fucking hate cyberpunk in the way yeah. it is I right now. I think you would. And I think, Jared, I think that the story wouldn't make it up make up for the rest of it for you 
Yeah, and I, I'm curious to see how many points it does score when you do get around to playing it. I, I do. I do expect I'll play it at some point. It'll come out on, you know, a game pass or a streaming service, you know, somewhere that I'll, I will have access to or I'll buy it because it'll be twenty dollars at some point. You know, like I'll, I'll get it eventually and, and rate it. And if you still care in a year or two when that happens, absolutely. I'll I'll share it with you. Yeah, I'm sure my opinion will have changed by then. Um but, but you know, it's it just like I just was thinking about our conversation yesterday, Phil. You were like, "Yeah, like you know, this is the first time I've there's been a cyberpunk or whatever it was." You said specifically this is the first I'm time like, I played a game for sci- that is the cyberpunk genre, right? And then and I was like, "I hope it sparks a new a resurgence in the genre." And you're like, "Dude, there's like ten games. Here they are." And you name them that like immediately, you know, Transistor, Shadowrun. Um, I can't think of any of the other Day ones, but like Deus Ex. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, I guess I don't know anything." <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you know, but, so that's yeah, just further, ex- you know. But I mean, that's fine. Like, there's there Rage and I. We've said this many times on the show before. Like, we're the outliers. Like, we're not the target audience for most of these. Like, especially you know, big AAA games because we have gotten better experiences elsewhere, and we'll always be able to get better experiences elsewhere in almost every respect, except for possibly like graphics. And like, that's, and that's not me. Like, again, like that's not me specifically trying to shit on cyberpunk. I like haven't played it only going based on what I've seen and, and, you know, have said and all of that jazz, but it's just like, you know, being involved in the industry, like it's the same thing for like, you know, that sort of auteur, like indie movie scene, like, you know, it's like there's just stuff that we know about that other people don't that have already done the thing that it took, you know, an extra yeah. five years for the big, you know, developers to catch but on. The to. things that surprised me might not surprise you because you've seen it before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, why I always I mean, say no shame. No, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. You like what you like because your context is your own. Yeah. And let's just say for the Internet at large we can recognize these things and acknowledge these things and have different opinions. And we don't need to, um, we can go five minutes without reposting it on Reddit for internet <laughs> points. We know. I can't hear you reposting on Reddit. We know. Oh. Okay. Post the memes. I'm there for the memes. Yeah. Jim was very excited for, and we haven't really talked about it. Like, because we had like a, a really in depth, like grown up discussion about it instead of like, yeah, the, the, the yeah, the subreddit is a dumpster fire. Oh, the subreddit's entertainment in itself. You don't have to care about the game to find find uh, oh, so entertainment in the subreddit. It's uh, it's cringe. It's like watching a dumps watching a train wreck happen. It's and like watching, watching like, uh, it's like watching the sub uh, subreddit for No Man's Sky when that released. Absolutely, yeah. And Which, I'm hoping uh, that this game pulls a No Man's Sky because, uh, like, um. You know, I was scrolling through Discord and saw a screenshot, and I was like, "What? What game is this?" And Jim was like, "Oh, this is No Man's Sky." And I was like, "This is not No Man's Sky, not the No Man's Sky I know." And it's because I haven't seen the game in years. And um, oh, don't worry, it's still fucking boring. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> like, I I think um, you know what everyone's hoping for, like what the the people that would defend Cyberpunk, I guess, are saying, "Oh, don't worry, they'll fix the bugs. It'll be a." Just come back in a year. It'll be like No Man's Sky where it's great now. And uh, we'll see. Um, I think, you know, I, I've said my piece on it. Don't pay $60 for this game. Not right now. Um, yeah. And uh, I think we've already been talking for two hours. I could go another two hours on Red Dead Redemption 2 if you want. You know, I'm but laying it out there. 
but let's let's not do that instead. Rage, do you have any final thoughts on Cyberpunk? Uh, I, I have a question for you too, but before I ask you that question, you know, do you have any final thoughts? I think I'm going to avoid it like the damn plague for at least two years, right? Because just at the state it's in, and well, I can play better elsewhere, at least for my type of gameplay, right? Okay, so you rage because of my position of buying and liking No Man's Sky at launch. I don't feel like I can accurately judge this. Which one to you is worse? The No Man's Sky launch and sort of the public response to it or Cyberpunk's launch and the public response to it? Oh, I gotta say No Man's Sky because it, it Cyberpunk, it feels like it, there's more to it than what No Man's Sky had when it launched, at least from an outsider looking in. It feels like No Man's Sky, the list of all the missing features was like five or six times longer than anything I've seen for cyberpunk, not counting all the bugs, all the broken things, all the systems, not quite working like they should, which we're starting to get into Bethesda territory on a lot of this, which is also very scary for CD project red. But I do think no man's sky had the far worse launch. But that's just Sean Murray being Sean Murray as well. God, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So we didn't uh, kind... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, just that, that's just my opinion, though. I do think right. No Man's Sky was the worst of the two, but yeah, it's like picking the least stinky turd. <laughs> Fair play. Fair play. Okay, so I didn't really like because we just sort of naturally moved into it. I didn't like announce, but I'll I'll still have a uh, timestamp for when we start talking about you know cyberpunk and our news and then branching discussion. But let's move on to the only other topic or the only sort of news topic that we have, like specific one, which is EA Play is delayed for Xbox Game Pass on PC. Yeah, this was something that we've both been kind of looking forward to for quite a while, huh? Since they announced it, what, a few months ago? Yeah, because, I mean, I do like a lot of the uh, older, I guess older at this point, EA titles, um, but I don't want to pay for them again anywhere else. And it being folded into, at least some of their library being folded into the Game Pass was really exciting. Yeah, and they announced this the day that it was supposed to go live on PC. I mean, this is just weird. They announced in a uh, way that makes it sound like this was a very, very sudden thing, even to the developers and the people that are in marketing about to release this. That, uh, hang on, is it on this one? Or when we originally set out to write this blog post, which uh, would announce the availability of EA Play on PC with Xbox Game Pass, which uh, Microsoft and your... uh, choice of uh, names it looked uh, a little bit different unfortunately what we had uh, what had been a celebratory post is now one asking for a little more patience we made the decision to delay until 2021 the release of ea play on pc as part of the xbox game pass for pc and ultimate memberships we established this partnership with electronic arts because they are passionate as uh, we are about helping people and communities discover great games. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> uh, and we knew we could uh, uh, provide a great experience for members by working together in order to deliver on that. 
we need more time to provide the Xbox Game Pass experience. Wow, weird fucking wording, huh? Yeah. My my best guess, and you know, you <laughs> you said this when we were discussing show notes. Uh, you're, you agreed with me, but my best guess is there's some kind type of licensing li- blah, 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 licensing issue going on here. Um, and so now the lawyers have stepped in at the last minute and they're like, oh, hold on a minute. We can't do this until something is settled. Or there's something going on with the, just the PC in general. Like, uh, I know for a while there's been a couple really, really big deals on buying membership uh, for EA Play to be able to transition into uh, Xbox Game Pass, Tom. So it could be that as well. Or it's, there's just something fishy here. Yeah. And the fact that they waited till day of makes me think that it's not a technical issue. Yeah, same. Um, I, I, and they were they were hoping that they could have whatever this was ironed out. And they didn't they, get whatever it was ironed out. They called it Cyberpunk. <laughs> We're definitely not delaying. Oh, it's been delayed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and now my penis is popping out. Oh, hey. typical E. But I'm I'm assuming, and maybe I'm wrong to assume this, but I assume that the issue is is on the EA side, like they're somehow fucking this up. Yeah, I mean Microsoft slash Xbox is certainly not a perfect company, but unlike the shitty company rankings board, Microsoft is is above EA. Well, to be fair, everybody's above EA at this point. Uh, do you have Do you have a spreadsheet for this one too? <laughs> Don't tempt me. Well, well, <laughs> to, be fair, well, to be fair, developer rating list. Well, to be fair, EA has won the worst company in the world. How many times? Two, three, two or three? Yeah. So you know, it's kind of a default position to be perfectly honest. You don't need the spreadsheet for this. I mean, you don't need List Boy to come out with the list. I don't. I don't know though. Like the shittiest company. Like okay, so with U- Ubisoft, we've got all of the ongoing sexual harassment there that we know about that nothing has been done about for years. And then with uh, what is it? What what company is the one that Bobby Kotick owns? Activision is that Bobby Kotick's company or is is it um two K or no? I oh, take two. I don't know. Take I'm two. Take. I don't. Well, well, that's about to get rolled into EA. So right. Wait, what? What? Uh, te- oh, sorry. Uh, uh, sorry, Codemaster. Sorry. Uh, oh, Codemasters. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, I, I got Take Two. Uh, it's in a co- bidding war. Uh, Codemasters take- is in a bidding war between Take Two and EA. So yeah. it's a lose lose situation. Pick, yeah, talk about uh, yeah, talk about picking the less smelly turd. R.I.P. Activision. Bobby Kotick owns is is the CEO of Activision. Yeah, sorry, I got fucking, a little bit backwards there. Yeah, fucking Activision Blizzard with all of its shit going on. But then that doesn't. Then there's Take Two as well, which has its own. Like, there's a lot of shitty companies right now. Like, it's a race. Uh, Gearbox. Oh God, what what have they done now? Uh, Well, what did I miss that they've done or have conflated with another company? I remember Uh, somebody being mad about it. Right. Yeah. What, Phil? I remember somebody being mad about Gearbox, but I don't remember why. That's the input I have for your podcast. Oh, oh, Randy, I'm still here. Yeah, Randy Pitchford. Fuck Randy Pitchford too, fucker. Which is that? Is is I? They've all done so many bad things. I can't remember who done what. Which one was the one that had like the the USB flash drive of porn? That, that's Randy Pitchford. That's Randy Pitchford. Okay. Uh, he had it at Mabel Tom's, and it was a girl of questionable age. Yeah, like keep your child porn at home, dude. 
like a normal person. Well, supposedly she was above 18, barely. Yeah. But it doesn't make any less creepy because, yeah, right? Yeah. I do not condone any of these things. (laughs) I am not affiliated with this podcast in any way. I'm a guest. See, this is this is that how the sausage is made stuff, though, Phil. You All of these companies, I know, I know. I'm never gonna play a video game the same. Companies, video game companies. How am I supposed bad. to enjoy a game if I hate the CEOs of the company of the publisher that that gave them money to make it? Indie titles. I ask myself that question every day, Phil. Oh no. But yeah, all of these major companies. I I. I I say all. I'm generalizing a bit there. I don't know that for for certain, but definitely like your biggest companies: Ubisoft, Activision, Blizzard, EA, uh, Take Two. Like they all have a long history of really, really bad, shitty practices for for both like the people in in charge, and then business practices and the way they treat their developers. Gaming is the gaming industry is a mess. So there you go. I'm glad to have, have just like ruined your hobby for you. Yeah, gaming, the gaming industry, I think, is actually worse than Hollywood at this point. And that's because of these big publishers that are making making moves that appear to be cash grabs and not in the best interest of the people enjoying these. Okay, one thing I wanted to say at the beginning okay. of this show that I, I never really found the right point to say. This is when we were talking about your your games list mostly games okay. are art and yes. the same, movies are art games are art books are art right it's entertainment but it's not about it's not about me it's not about you it's about like the these creative people uh choosing to express th- themselves through through these things but mostly to like tell a story or to to get you to feel something whether that thing is uh the problem-solving loop that we find fun when we try to figure out why the hell that this belt doesn't have any iron plates on it in Factorio, you know? Or, oh, I need way more iron plates than I thought I did, so now I have to redo my entire base. That's like, mm-hmm. they, they latched onto an emotion that they wanted to to play out and make you feel. Yes. Uh, Life is Strange made you want to feel like when it you make a decision... Feel many things. When you, when you make a decision or when you talk to people, like when you when you read something or when you listen to something, when you're talking to somebody, you're not just trying to get through it the best. You're you're faced with conundrums that make you feel guilty or make you feel like I made a mistake by choosing this thing. And there's no way I can take it back, even though the whole game mechanic is going back in time. Now I can't. And now I've made a mistake. And now you feel horrible. Like that's art, right? And so when a big publisher comes along and tries to constrain this art in order to make more money, I think that's what's happening, right? But where where is that not happening yet? Is it do you keep playing indie games? Well, yes and no. Yes, because that's where the factorios come out of. That's where these really interesting games that I've never heard of that you guys love, like uh Brothers to Tale of Two Sons come from. But also that's where the vaporware comes from where people put something out on early access with Unity assets and then say, oh, it'll be updated to be amazing. Give me your money, and then they don't do anything. Well, this is where I've become kind of the skeptic on pretty much all marketing and all promises. It's more prove it. 
at this point. So, so just, yeah, uh, coming to Xbox doesn't matter until it is there. Yeah, like the delay doesn't matter. Much. You don't care. Ah, I still care that the yeah they're misleading people, but um, at best, whenever there's something really promising, cautiously cautiously optimistic that yeah it'll be what they promise. I don't expect it to be what it is, and I don't go in. Uh, I don't try to get as invested as they they want me to be. I think that's where it is because I've been burned too many times. I was going to say you're you're speaking like a, a veteran of like veteran video gamer. You've been yeah. burned too many times. Yeah, I don't think and and you know I I I know you pretty decently, Phil. I think you're you know a smart person like that. You're you've probably somewhere around this conclusion, anyways. But just to like you know voice a response to what you said earlier, like. I don't think there's an answer to that question. We have as a as as the human race have commodified art. And so there are different types of art. I mean, you know, in film, you've got movies like Schindler's List, which are art pieces first and then commercial products second. And then you have, you know, the Avengers franchise, which is commercialized product first, art second you know so you know how do you and and we have those in the games industry as well and you can still enjoy the avengers you know the avengers is still fun to watch so i i get your point so and and you know we we as humans we are psychologically driven even if you're not like a crazy person like me like you're still psychologically driven to have preferences and categories for things and so it's sort of like a chicken and egg you know, or sort of the weapon versus armor, like, you know, arms race of like, what is, you know, the high art versus what is just the commercial, you know, garbage. And, you know, can someone slip some, you know, some real artistic merit into something that's a hyper commercialized product. And, you know, at the end of the day, like there's no answer for that question, except you have to engage with it yourself and figure out for you based on your own criteria of what you consider to be art you know, does this yeah. have merit? Yes or no. And if the answer is yes, like where does it have those merits? And nobody can tell you that except yourself. I agree. You, know, you, you have you to can, play, you have to play cyberpunk for yourself. You guys, you heard it here. You have <laughs> to you know, play it in order absolutely. to hate it. You have to play it. And you have to play brothers, a tale of two sons. I already put it on my wish list. Well, we Good. were talking. Good. But it you goes know, damn cheap very often. So, yeah, it's pretty old at this point. So it's it's on sale regularly for like two bucks, I think. So yeah, do not read any reviews. Just go in uh, as blind as you can. Yeah, even though that's probably ableist. It's, yeah, I was going to say going as without <laughs> preconceived notions. It's it's worth it to go in as you know as unspoiled as possible. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, and and there are there's there's value to to people like Rage and I you know, and other critics of other industries. Like you can look to these people and find some that line up with your, generally your personal preferences. And you can use that as a barometer to help you like figure out like, okay, is this likely to have something that's going to have, you know, value and worth to me. And that's about the best that we can do as humans at this point, because, you know, lists and algorithms certainly have a place, but they cannot tell the whole story. Even meta ratings and stuff like uh, I, what you just said is what I've actually found myself doing. I found a reviewer that I agreed with some of the time, but I under watched enough of his reviews to understand his preferences and where my preferences differed. And so there were times when he 
did not recommend a game, but I knew from seeing how we talked about it that, oh, I don't care about this or I like this more than they do. And so like I, I have felt like, okay, maybe this is a game for me, even though they didn't recommend it because like you said, it's a barometer. Um, and yeah, what everybody's saying on the cyberpunk 2077 subreddit, r slash cyberpunk game um is you know what they want to say i don't think there's too much empathy there but like it's it's fun to see what's out there but you you got to understand yourself and understand who you're listening to in order to make make your own judgment yeah absolutely and then you have to put it in a spreadsheet or else it doesn't count (laughs) (laughs) right that's well i'm a shit out of luck that's how you get like the last five percent. Like you have to. Put I know you're gonna say that's how you get laid, and I was like, <laughs> "No, whoa!" I've never. I I have been laid many times in my life. <laughs> Zero of those times have been because I had a cool spreadsheet. Did you put them in the spreadsheet? Do you have a spreadsheet of those times? Um, at one point I did actually, and then I thought, <laughs> you know what? I don't actually need. This you know what? This is creepy. Anymore. Maybe I shouldn't do this. I uh, yeah, yeah. Which if Sorry. something's creepy for Jared, you know. It's pretty far out there. Yeah. I'm an, I'm an open book, man. Anything else you want to know about my sex life? You want to know about my PP? I'll tell you about it. No, I'm good. Okay. We're going to delay that conversation for another time. Well, you told me last night that, that my dick was gross, and I'm very upset about that. Did I? You did. I don't recall. You absolutely did. Now I'm starting to worry. <laughs> and, the, and, then, and then Cube was like, no, Jared, your, your penis is not gross. I was like, thank you. So yeah, you called my dick gross this. last night. What happened last night? Uh, we were talking about uh, cyber. I'm not sure if I want to know. We were talking I, about something. I you think know, it's best to like, end you know the conversation no. here. I think this conversation no, has run out, its Phil. course. I'm calling you out, Phil. You there were drinking is a natural gross tea concoction. For every beginning, there is an end. I was like, if you want to put something gross in your mouth or something that tastes weird in your mouth, you can suck my dick. You were like, no, your dick is gross. You've been listening to Video Game Logic. I'm Phil. <laughs> and and we're no sorry. Podcast. I'm not sorry. I have no shame. It doesn't help me at all in my life to be shameful of anything. Anyway. All right. So, yep, that does it for that. So, uh, Rage, how can they contact us with things before we do? Oh, like people would want to contact us at this point. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> people keep listening. The, the the downloads and the listens keep going up every week. So, uh, if you wish to contact us, uh, vglpodcast at gmail dot com or tweet us vglpodcast on the Twitter. Indeed, so, Phil, would you like to participate in what we call a Steam Discovery queue? Why not? I'm Since low on don't... funds, but I will participate in spirit. So, so what what you do um, is that you head over, log into Steam, okay, and do. Open up a discovery queue. Oh, it has to be a new live. one. It we're has to be. Live. A, yeah. We do this every week. I don't. Uh, have you ever listened to our show? I know you've listened no, to us talk about never. it. Never. Okay. <laughs> don't be mad. I'm not okay, mad. I can hear you being mad. But How I'm does like, you work. Press the button. Okay. And then it goes through and suggests games, and we talk about what we get. So, yep. okay. Uh, my first one I got. Uh, and I guess uh, drop them to Jared, and I'll put them in the show notes. Well, I I shared the show I, notes with Bill for okay for this week. So okay, well I got Leaf Blower Revolution Idol Game. I know Jared loves his idol game, so that's why I put it on here. So uh, it's a free to it's a free to play 
auto game where you blow away leaves with a nuclear leaf blower and unlock upgrades. Dude, this sounds sick. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just kind of so weird. Enthusiastic. But... That sounds awesome. I know it's Wait, right is it nuclear, here, like, nuclear, like, just super powerful? Or nuclear, like, well, considering nuclear there's waste a, a giant, considering there's giant scorpions on screen, I'm going with, oh my yes. god, what's this game called? Leaf Blower well, Revolution. If you go look on this, the show notes, there's a section called Discovery Cube, where we paste stuff play. in. Hell yes. This, this is why we love Discovery Cube. I love Discovery Cube. Yeah, and you don't, north, so. I'm installing it right now. <laughs> also you don't have to listen to, or list everything off on your queue just like yeah. interesting stuff or like stuff that you find interesting or if you're like oh my god that's terrible don't don't do this then you can talk about that oh, and no porn games well Let's i mean you try- can talk about porn games just don't link the porn games yeah and it uh removes like most of jared's stuff i get a lot of porn games so jared do you have one uh not yet i was i was getting phil situated and then explaining the list and i haven't actually started my queue yet you guys are gonna love my queue okay what's your do you do you have one phil um i there's a few oh my god (laughs) this is so funny i have three games that have come up in my queue um i skipped the first one okay because i I thought it was boring and then i kept clicking and i kept clicking to kind of get an interesting one like you guys have okay Okay. the first game uh these are three games i've never played the first one is apex legends the second game is Fall Guys, and the third game is Borderlands Three. I I think I need to play more games. <laughs> it's it's interesting. Apex. So I mean, get get a you can either you can get a link. You, or you can tell, just I tell you get a life. Oh my god! No, you can either get the link and and like copy paste it, or you yeah, can just yeah. like put the, the the title of the game, and then I'll get the link. Sure thing. Sure thing. It's it's interesting though. Like that's your cue because like we're so far deep in the weeds like we get so many random like indie games and like for me like i i at one point i had went through discovery queue so many times that i had covered every single game on steam see i did that with green light yeah so i for a while like it would be like there's no more games for you to go through on your discovery queue and it's like oh my god so I, i backed off but i get so many like porn games and like really shitty games because well, I, I mean I it, so many. it recommends games that you, it thinks you would like yeah so... it, that doesn't really help me any i don't know my wish list of games is ridiculous and how many games i've played i've broken I the kept, algorithm i kept clicking and it recommended satisfactory and destiny 2 <laughs> you would you would oh. like actually you wouldn't you're not a huge factorio person you wouldn't like satisfactory you'd find you it unsatisfactory games? Oh my god. Okay, well, I guess I should play more mainstream games according to <laughs> okay. Steam. Well, Jared, looks yeah, like I got one. one. Yeah, unto the end. Not normally my type of game, but the art style for this is gorgeous. Um, this is they call it a cinematic platformer. Not one hundred percent sure what that means. About a, their desperate journey home, master combat through improvisation and observation, intense sword fights. Spot opportunities to use artifacts and trade supplies. An adventure told through your actions. How will you make it home? So I'm not a big fan of platformers, but the art style for this looks really pretty. Kind of minimalistic. I'm into that. Um, And then they're boasting about having some unique mechanics. But the the art style alone might sell me on this. It's 20 bucks. That feels a little much, but I don't know. Don't know. Might be worth it. 
Anyways. Well, I have another uh, interesting one. Albia, a wildlife adventure. This, even the smallest person can make a big difference. Join Alba as she sets out to save her beautiful island and its wildlife and possibly start a revolution. <laughs> right? That, that just little a snippet. It's looks like it's a mixture of like uh, a walking sim and just a a very chillax uh, RPG with uh, some wildlife uh, management. It's weird. But yeah. So I downloaded and installed Leaf Blower Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand this game. It's an it's an idle game. Have you ever played what? an idle game before? What's an idle game? I just moved the mouse around <laughs> and the leaves move. Well, I you scored see points. I have eighty five points. <laughs> I've broken Phil. Oh my goodness, this is beautiful. How do I get a leaf blower? <laughs> what did you send me, Phil? I oh, you, you sent me links. The how do I leaf blower revolution? It's an what? I don't know what an idle game is. I just thought I could blow <laughs> some leaves around, and I can't even figure out how to use the leaf blower. <laughs> Apparently, I have a rake, but I can't equip it. <laughs> this game, I've got to play this game some more. It's fun. Okay. Uh, five out of five. <laughs> it's fun. Okay. I think Ludology is great. It did exactly what it intended to do. <clears throat> um, you know, that's sixty points. So I, I say right there, it's better than Skyrim. Right. Kind well, of that's a low, low bar. bar. <laughs> All right. So I got a game called Raji and Ancient Epic. Uh, Raji and Ancient Epic is an action adventure game set in ancient India. A young girl named Raji has been chosen by the gods to stand against the demonic invasion of the human realm. Um, this, I'm all about seeing games that come from cultures that we don't see represented very much in gaming or generally in like Western culture. And aside from Indian food, I don't think people have any context for the Indian culture at large. And I have no idea how accurate this game would be at representing Indian culture. I also don't have a lot of experience, a lot of experience with it, but just the fact that like, I've never seen a game before that sells itself as being you know set in india specifically and like taking a look at their culture and and possibly like religious stuff um just based on some of the imagery present in some of these screenshots in the trailer like that's super cool and you know as long as it's halfway decent then it would be a good time 25 bucks never heard of this developer before um or the publisher so don't know if it's got any legs but it's gotten moderately positive reviews in places like it's very positive on steam but it doesn't have a ton of reviews but it's got some other reviews like listed you know that are moderately positive so might might be worth your time uh well before i do my next one i was double checking something and unto the end it's on game pass so there's your uh, homework i guess oh nice i've got so many games that i want that i need to play Phil, what's <clears throat> you got an update on your leaf blowing? I mean, I got more points. I still can't equip it. I uh, <laughs> I was working on my review. Nice. Do uh, do you, if you want to, you can start another discovery queue. You don't have to, but if you want to, you can. I think he's busy with the leaf blower now. Yeah, That's I think fair. I'm gonna stick with this for now. Uh, so I got Per Aspira, a city builder on Mars where you're terraforming the planet. It has some very mixed reviews though, but. You know, it's uh, says uh, the top one uh, grabbing on sale said 
people were saying the $30 price tag is a bit much. Which, to be fair, $30 for a indie title is starting to get where you're starting to expect a bit more than what most of them want to deliver. Yeah. But, yeah, it looks interesting. We'll see yeah. uh, post-launch uh, uh, development or if you know a sale makes it more palatable. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, interesting to say the least. It looks fairly deep. I'm just not sure where the issue is per, per se. Or it could just be, you know, it runs its course before people feel like it's worth it. Yeah. So I got one that I don't know how to pronounce. I don't know if you pronounce this Pogs or Fogs, but it's a, like a super cutesy uh, puzzle platformer um, game about cute dogs. He's called them duo dogs. So like cat dog, but dog dog instead of cat dog. <laughs> To anyone who's old enough to remember that 90s cartoon. Oh, gee, thanks for making me feel old. Phil, do you know, do you know the cartoon Cat Dog? Yes, I remember Cat Dog, and I like that show. Okay. I, also I actually don't know how, the time. I also don't know how old you are. Like, everyone was making fun of you for being a baby last night. I don't know how old you are. Uh, we can mark it in, in major life events. How, oh, how old uh, are you? Well, you're married. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phil, you better spill it before we just stall you in half. 9-11 happened when I was in the second grade. 9-11 happened when you were in the second grade. So that makes you, what, 27? No, I'm around 25. I can't even remember. 25? Okay. Oh, no, it feels like I should be on him to get off my lawn. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it, Phil. You're you're doing way better off than a lot of people. You're fine. Uh, speaking of which, I, I mean, I'm doing pretty well because I've got the hang of this now. I'm really good at reviewing games and playing them very quickly. <laughs> I've... I've I think that um, as an idle game, it really uh, Leaf Blower Revolution really does it well. I'm already on to play to looking into getting my next game to review. It's called Second Extinction. This is from my Discovery Q. Uh, the description says: Big map, big dinosaurs, big guns, and <laughs> you you shoot dinosaurs. And <laughs> the point is that you shoot dinosaurs with big guns. And there's a bunch of different dinosaurs. I think it's really. You know the the graphics are pretty cool. They've got different dinosaurs with feathers. Some of them have have uh, horns. And this is okay. So I was not joking about the description. And then uh, on the Steam page, it also says like um, it quotes other reviewers. I had a lot of fun, and if you got that itch to kill dinos, this will definitely scratch that. That's a real review from like a quote. That's like a quote pulled from an actual like youtube influencer i bet so um yeah it's pretty cool you got some dinos you got some guns uh i don't think i'll buy this one but you know <laughs> i like dinos and they got nice. the feathers so i think that i think it's pretty cool nice i am i am into this type of game phil you got me it's second extinction and it has tm at the top like as part of the title second extinction TM. Well, well see now we can't have a second extinction they've already trademarked it yep that's right but oh, well, I guess uh, not that third so, eh? Eh? Oh. Uh, so moving along, uh, I got Persona Five Strikers. So if you want more Persona, right? Yeah. I mean, Persona is kind of in its own little genre of mixture of like JRPG, life sim, and just batshit insanity, right? Yeah, I like it though. Yeah, it's like releasing like uh, in February. I mean, 
the fact that PC's getting more uh, Persona is always uh, good, though, huh? Yeah. So I got one. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it is. Because what it says it is is not helpful. So it's called Ragnorium, and it says Ragnorium is a planet recolonization simulator where players are tasked with leading clone colonists in a self-sustainable settlement while attempting to survive the oncoming Holy Crusade. Which is just a bunch of nonsense words, really. What the hell is a recolonization I mean, it looks cool. It's a sci-fi game that looks like it's like some type of colony base building management type thing, which is up my alley. But like, I don't like there's ships, but then there's like huts. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Maybe it's like set in Star Wars where they have like crazy, like sci-fi future tech spaceships. And then everyone's living in like Adobe huts in the desert. Maybe that's what's well, because they're sand everywhere. <laughs> it gets everywhere. Hey, uh, that's the only planet or the only uh, military action that Vader didn't uh, charge right to the front because there was too much sand. <laughs> Touche. Oh my god, I just got Leaf Blower Revolution on my own queue. <laughs> uh, so I got another one. Sumerians, a city building game that I guess that's my theme this week, uh, set in ancient Mesopotamia. Uh, early access though, so. Uh, yeah, mileage may vary, and we'll see how it actually uh, comes out. Uh, 15 bucks, though, so price is right. Price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all week. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Yay, someone that laughs at my jokes. I have to keep you around, Phil. I've, I've Please got don't another, encourage them. I've got another game in my queue. Go oh, for no. it. <laughs> I'm going to read the title and then the description, and we're going to let you guess what it is. It's called People Playground. Shoot, stab, burn, poison, tear, vaporize, or crush ragdolls in a large open space. It's nine ninety nine. Is it a battle royale? No, it's like it's like a line rider, except also with um, the little uh, particle simulation game where you you like put nitroglycerin and then they put sparks and like stuff blows up. But then it's also a uh, uh, stick fight, like all wrapped into one, I guess. I don't know. It it looks like if I was in high school and bored, I would have been like, <laughs> and probably played it. Like new rounds to play this game. That's what it looks like. But they're charging ten dollars for it. So, oh my god, this looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be a fun game, like, but it's not selling me on like anything. Although I guess if you like, like, if you're the sort of person that's nostalgic for all of the games you just listed. Then yeah. who knows? Yeah. Oh my god, that's gruesome. It's very gruesome. That's and a lot of I'm suddenly more interested in this game. That's a lot it's of pretty, gore. It's pretty tasteless. But it, it's like uh Line Rider meets I forget the name of this thing where you, you had the particles and you can drop sand and then um or you you can drop like water and then you can like change the temperature and the water turns to ice. Yeah. I know like, exactly what you're talking about, but I don't know the name of it. But I remember yeah. playing like my computer science class, like you know, we installed like the shockwave player, and it's like, wow, yeah. look at the physics. And every time you log into that class, every time you go to that class, you have to install it again because every time you log out, it uninstalls it. Yeah, because you're not supposed to have <laughs> flash player or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, my it's school wasn't that uh, 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 good at it. So, <laughs> uh, ten dollars though. So, I mean, I hope they give us a key. I'd love to review your game. Um, I'm really good at idle games, and, um. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah. Keep playground. I'm gonna go see if they're if it's up on Keymailer. 
Keymailer? There's a place where you can request keys? Yeah, it's not on Keymailer. So we, we would have to, you'd have to contact the developer directly. Oh, go for it. <laughs> Is that something you want to do? Should I go for it? I'm very, no- I'm well known for my review of Leaf Blower Revolution on <laughs> video game logic. <laughs> absolutely you can you yeah i was on a video games podcast once can i have your game for review please when did this release oh a year july 2019 can i say i'm part of the podcast i'm about ready to send it sure i sent it i said i own the podcast (laughs) you said you own the podcast i am the podcast you are the okay yeah sure sorry i'm getting carried away that's why you guys can't have me on (laughs) oh phil I'm getting the same kind of feelings from you right now when we play RPG and you're doing yep. something weird. That's the kind of feeling I'm getting right now. I love it. Yeah. I mean, uh, RPG is one thing, but at least you guys pay me for this, right? <laughs> right, absolutely. We'll pay you the exact same thing that we uh, pay ourselves. You'll get the, the day rate. Okay. At least I got a free game out of it. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I, I hope you get the game, Phil. I hope you do. All uh, right. So, moving along... <laughs> Yeah, you go. I was getting all uh, of the stuff in the show notes proper. So I got shady part of me. A That's my dick. Uh, oh, so it's going to be a short game. Got it. <laughs> yeah, well. You're a short pee-pee. <laughs> it's not the size that matters. It's the motion of the ocean. <sighs> it's too small to break through, to clip through your pants. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> So, overcome with emotional struggles uh, uh, across a touching narrative filled with twisted surprises. Oh god! So it's a it's like it's like a double platformer where uh, the uh, action in the real world of the game is playing out in one way, but then it's uh, all the platforming is taking place in uh, the shadows as well. So uh, it's kind of hard to describe, uh, but take a look at the uh, some of the gifs or, or the trailer, and it uh, makes a lot more sense. Uh, there was another game that I saw that played out similar to this, where you controlled uh, the platformer uh, going through the shadows. So uh, moving the lighting in the in that particular game would change the levels to allow you to progress and this looks somewhat similar to this but only a lot more emotional and possibly a lot more depressing yeah so uh, this one feels like it's right up jared's alley because he loves these games that have uh, deep meanings i do love games that have deep meanings um i'm all about picking apart something for its for its narrative for its ludo narrative seeing if there's any ludo narrative dissonance there just I really like the word lewd, lewd in all of its forms. Lewd means something different than I think you you think it means. Well, L E W D means exactly what I think it means. Okay. Also, loot. I think you're missing out on so many puns. I I do plenty of puns in other ways. Although rage, I think, is better than puns than, at better at puns than me in general. But all right, so I got one dust to the end. Uh, this is a turn-based po- strategy game set in a post-apocalyptic, like post-nuclear world. Um, it's got a very Mad Max feel to it, um, very diesel punk. Uh, but the it, the turn-based though is think more JRPG than 
you know, some type of, you know, sitting on like a grid or something, you know, like XCOM style. Um, there is a, an open world map or a somewhat open world map. It, it looks maybe like sections of open world map that are kind of connected by an overworld. Then you can explore in a limited fashion and around like settlements or key points of interest. Um, but it looks pretty interesting. Like this looks like it would be up my alley. Um, it's got a interesting art style for a post-apocalyptic game. Um, cause it's got kind of, I wouldn't say sprites, but it feels kind of cartoony in a way. I don't know. It, it's hard to put my finger on exactly what I would call that art style, but I like it. It's a nice juxtaposition with the, uh, dark and gritty, you know, post nuclear fallout thing. So, and it's, uh, oh shit, it's $9. Maybe I'll buy this. I have to think about it, but that's very within my impulse buy range. All right. Yeah. Uh, I ran out of my discovery queue. My last couple were just either ones have already been pulled or just shit. Okay. Um, Well, let's see. I got the the last of waifus, which might be a porn game. (laughs) It's hard to say. So think like most likely. Yeah. There's lots of like scantily clad pictures in the image gallery, but it's not going full like tits out. So I'm going to err on the side of caution, but think like The Last of Us, but with waifus, uh, with really big boobs and jiggle physics. Um, so it's, oh my God, it's 99 cents. Okay, I'm going to buy this. Oh my God, uh, this is not- why you get these re- recommendations. <laughs> I know, Phil, my thing is fucked. It's just completely fucked and it's fine. I'm okay with it. Um, let's see. I mean, I can update I you, you on this one. I can give you an update. I got a rake. And apparently apples are worth 200 leaves. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, that's Rage, addicting. I think you had this one last week or maybe two weeks ago, If Found. Um, uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure you had it a week or two ago, so yeah, I'll skip past go, it. You can go for it if you want. No, nah, I'll skip past it. Um, Pro Strategy Football 2021. Uh, sports game. Oh, it's a management game, a sports management game. But it looks like it belongs on, like... A Super Nintendo. Um, I'm got to find the right spot to put the link. Um, not particularly my thing. I'm not a sports guy. But whenever I did play sports games, I'm always a fan of like the manager mode. You know, whatever they call it in in the game. Um, I like doing that more. It seems like this is a, a game based around doing that for American football, not football. So I know Madden traditionally has had it's like manager mode i see when you said uh, football manager i assumed uh the soccer yeah no that's why i i made sure to specify pro strategy football 2021 and it's uh specifically american football and then yeah that's my cue yeah it looks like uh, you're able to change quite a bit on the league rules too interesting nice xfl baby all the way i'm gonna get he hate me on my team that's the only that's the only thing i know about the xfl I know it was a complete flop. <laughs> I have, I think they're trying to bring it back. There's somebody on a podcast that I listen to that likes sports and talks about it from time to time. And I, I think that they're trying to revive it. Phil, are you a sports person? Well, Do you know well considering who, uh, nope. who's the owner of the XFL now. Who owns the XFL now? The Rock. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I love him. I love The Rock. Both both in like a platonic and a romantic fashion. Like I would love to just hang out with that dude for a while. And then like if he totally like, you know, ravaged me, I would be okay with that too. 
So you'd smell what he was cooking? I would definitely smell like the rock. Or smell like the rock was cooking? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that, that, that also works in kind of a weird way. But I would also smell what the rock was cooking. I'm going to increase my leaf marketing to receive <laughs> plus one leaf per level by using advanced marketing techniques. I see. I see. I like, I, you know, you're just sidestepping that you've given up. Uh, no, he, dude, like, I, this has taken over my brain. I, I played Cookie Clicker. I played Adventure Capitalist. Uh-oh. I, I, I realized that there, I just didn't know the name. This is my yep. jam. I'm an idle gamer. I'm not a casual gamer. This is I'm an idle, idle gamer. gamer. I'm in the leaf floor revolution for the narrative. Okay. Hang on, hang this on. What was, what was the potato game, Rage? I can't think of the name of it. Um, Space Plan. Space Plan. You should. That's another one you should buy, Phil. Yeah, Space don't look into anything about it. Just yeah, buy, it's like two bucks when it's on sale. Two bucks right no, now. It's free to play. Right now it's two ninety nine. Try. I, I promise it's worth it's the three dollars. Space plan here. I'll get. I'll put put a link for you in in our space plane. Space plan here. Yeah. There. There's your link. I 100% recommend this game to you, Phil. Space, space plan is an experimental piece of interaction based partly on a total misunderstanding of Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. It's a very you know very humorous. I and love... it goes somewhere. It's an idle game that that does something more than just you know tickle that part of your brain it does okay, i know you, i was joking before about the idle games even though yes i did play idle games but like what you're describing is actually something that i would enjoy i'd really enjoyed octodad deadliest catch uh i i really enjoyed undertale like there, there are games that i think undertale is a little bit different but there are games that are just like based on some experiment of being dumb that that end up being great I never right. played that one where you're a dude with a with a mop and you're sitting in a cauldron. I never played that one. You would probably also like um is it Manual Bob. Samuel Rage? The where you're the yeah. dead guy and you have to do everything manually. Is that like serious Sam? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> there you go. There's another one. Manual Samuel right now is on sale for two bucks. That's about worth it. Yeah. Almost. If you like Octodad, you'd probably like, like Manual Samuel. It's got a lot of the same sort of physical comedy humor. And you're just as floppy. Okay, uh, maybe more so if you forget to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have any other games that you want to tell us that you like so we can give you recommendations for ridiculous stuff to play? Um, No, I don't okay. think it's wise. I think it's dangerous to do that. We're going to cost you a bunch of money, aren't we? Uh, as long as they're all free to play. I'll buy as many as you want. <laughs> Well, I mean, Christmas is coming well, up. Well, you can always go uh, play Dwarf Fortress. You oh, would hate. hate Fortress. You would hate. It's Dwarf. so yeah. frustrating. Yeah, I mean, Dwarf Christmas Fortress is coming is so up, Phil. I'll, I'll, um, maybe this year, you know, you can get a <coughs> San- Santa Claus will come and get you some games. Okay, we'll see. Mwahaha. Um Okay, I think uh, he's going to get Space Plan. <laughs> we've all we've all finished our our cues, Phil. Yeah, quite a while ago, we've lost Phil. It's fine. <laughs> He's wrecking leaves. Yep. Uh, hey, Rage, why don't you uh, hit him with the socials? Oh, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, Game Room CR. If you wish to be my friend on Steam, you can find me over at Caffeine Rage. Phil, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, um, uh, I have a podcast of my own that's about something completely different. Uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug it. Uh, it's called SpecsCast. It's a podcast about the science and technology of space exploration. That's at, at Specscast, S-P-E-X-C-A-S-T on Twitter. 
and our website is blog.specscast.com. We do space commentary. We interview people in the space industry. And um, yeah, space is cool. Space is fun. Love space. And he's a lot smarter than us. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> now, it depends on if we put you uh, uh, in a yard uh, and tell you to rake leaves. I mean, who knows? Maybe the next, maybe Specscast will have, start to have live streams where they people watch me uh, play Space Plan because it has the word space in it, so technically it's relevant. <laughs> space Plan is a really good game. Uh, we played, the, it, it just released, but we played the demo of it, uh, what, a couple months ago, maybe? When it had like a, that Steam had like a big demo, like all these games have demos, check them right, out. That's not Space Plan. You're, you're thinking Mars Horizon. Oh, you're, you're, oh, you're oh, right. Mars Horizon sounds fun, too. You're right. Anyway, anyway that's, let's like, keep on with the socials. Jared, what's your social? What's your social security number? Well, my social security uh-huh. number is blah, 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 blah. Oh, no, wait, no. Okay. Um, yeah, you can uh, find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist over on Twitter at JMA4707. And you can be my friend on Steam by sending a friend request to jarthur4707. And as we have discovered today, if you want game recommendations, <laughs> if for some reason you've never thought to ask us, Please do. We can pull anything out of our ass that relates to something you like. Because if it, it turns out we're really good at this one niche thing that we do. <laughs> yep. Or, or, I get, or I could just trap our guests in a auto game. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've got your soul now, Phil. It's going to power something of mine. Wink. I, okay. I mean, as and long as the I can. password for this week, if you wish to let Jared know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from is prehensile penis. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, goodness. That's that's a lewd one, even for... Oh, lewd. Us. There it is again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are completely off the tracks, aren't we? Sorry. What else is new? Sorry. That's not you. We do it to ourselves <laughs> just as much. That would not change, were you here or not. Yeah, that's that. this is about par for the course, actually. Yeah. What's our recording time at? Yeah, this is about normal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I've gotten lost. Where are we? You uh, just said the password was something about penises. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway, it's time for me to do the uh, outro stuff. Uh, if you wish to contact us for some reason at this point, you can do so VGLpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or tweet them to us at VGLpodcast. Our lovely, lovely patrons, for some reason, pay us <laughs> to produce this. You can find out more at patreon.com slash podcast, And they also help us with our Podbean, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the show notes, the RSS feed, and links to all our stuff, including the Discord, or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or Podcatcher of Choice if you wish to spread the love. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod, and our Discovery Q music is doobly doo by the same artist. You can find both at incompetech.com and... As always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See you next time. (laughs) Do-do, do-do-do. Bye-bye. Is that how the music goes? No, that's not how it goes, but it's okay. I'm even close. Damn.